the time has come. Execute Order 66. Gentlemen, welcome to Casting the Spotlight, episode number 66, <laughs> and we are going to execute the goddamn order on you tonight. We are by, here by uh, word of the emperor, the e- yeah. execute the order. Mm-hmm. We're going to execute <clears throat> fucking, I mean, we've been executing. This is what, since like this year, this is our 32nd episode with yeah, the release wild. Of 66. We almost done half of our library this year. Yeah. No joke. Like, that is what we, uh... I mean, we entered uh, the year with 34 episodes completed, and we came back with, you know, 35, and we've just been rolling since then. I mean, and up to even now, like, completed two out of the three of my grandpa's episodes, and obviously that'll be uh, underway soon. But, yeah, we've, I mean, we brought on a lot of people. I think I counted. Oh, yeah. I think I counted. I mean, we brought on at least uh, 20 different people, maybe. Whether it was, like, combined or together. Obviously, we brought, like, Ethan and Tyler on back together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and they were recurring guests. And Kyle fucking made history, man, with that last one. The, the only person ever to have three solo episodes. Yeah, that's... Uh, he was the first one to get there. But we... We promised that episode in advance too. We're like, after the Walking Dead ends, we gotta have him back in. Yeah, that's why I was like, well, we need to, we need to kind of make this agreement on air, just so, you know, out there yeah. in the uh, in the cyberspace, we're fucking held accountable. Yeah, he was trying to make you agree to uh, skydiving on air. So yeah. Know. Oh yeah, he was trying to. Put, I was gonna put that in the description, almost like in the whenever I was like posting and advertising the episode. Uh, and I was like, he's just going to reinforce it and push it. And, like, not that I don't want him to, but I'm like, it would have to be done. We'd have to be careful about the way we did it if we did. Because, I mean, I absolutely want to go skydiving. Um, I just was, that's what I was saying. I'm like, is there going to be enough content for me to, I mean, we could, I guess we could always talk about other stuff. Like, But for that to sort of be the at the forefront, it'd be a different thing if we came into another episode and I was just like, let me tell you about this skydiving experience. Yeah. But to make that, but it's unique because, like he said, it's something you know, definitely unique. But I was just thinking, I'm like, man, is it going to be... I think I'll have enough to say. We all know that. But it's like, I I just... If it's going to be surrounding the skydiving experience, it would almost have to... You know, most of it would be that, about that episode. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm like, man, I don't know if that... I don't know. We, um... You never know. 
I most certainly want to do it, and I've wanted to do it for years, and I just haven't pulled the trigger. So I'm like, it's we'd almost have to get like a. If we were going to take it on the road to the place, we'd almost have to get a different setup than the studio setup, obviously. We'd have yeah. to get like a different mic. It'd be um, hard to lug around that mic and the laptop and everything else, like in yeah. the cars. And it, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, we would have to, we'd have to be, we would have to orchestrate it the right way, you know? Similar to how, I, you know, fucking Order 66 was executed. <laughs> that was, uh, uh that was, was a, a like a long plan. It was etched out like fucking hundreds of years or like decades, <laughs> and uh, carefully orchestrated, carefully coordinated. For him to everything had to be in place mm-hmm. for it to work out right. It's like we See, gotta slowly, gradually get to this. Place. That's why that theory about him creating Anakin in Pad or not Padme, but Shmi is like sort of believable because I'm like how else would he you know what I mean how else would that like whole thing come into play because he knew even at a young age like he knew in episode one whenever he fucking will watch your career with great interest yeah. he fucking knew he was gunning for him well yeah because she said oh he has no the boy has no father it's like are you are you the Virgin Mary what the fuck's going on that's what I'm here? saying it, people made reference to that uh, before, but they never really, they never really explained it to you. But that's the thing. Like, maybe he like manipulated the midi chlorians or whatever. Like, whenever they said that those were a thing in episode one, and just kind of formulated a being. Yeah. Um, Man, what a shitty situation, though, to be Mary or to be Shmi. Think about like you didn't have the choice to have a kid. You're like, it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, you're just pregnant one day. You're like, how in the fuck? Yeah. Well, Mary supposedly Horrible. took it on with great fucking... Yeah, I don't... I, you know, uh, it's Christmas season, so I'll keep it... Nah. But... Well, man, that's... No, I'm, that's the story. You know, that's I... That's the story. I smell a little bit of horse shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did it in a manger, so... It was back in the day, though. You know, back way back in the day, it was more pro... Like, that's just what women did. They're like, oh, we're gonna have kids. It's like, that was just... Everybody was expecting The farm kids. animals were there... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> was born in a manger. Yeah, um, that was kind of a strange spot for him. To choose. I guess he just wanted to be in the most. But even Shmi was like, "I'm glad to have you know this kid. Like, oh, I raised him. I gave birth." She's like, "I can't." Well, it's explain the motherly instinct thing too. Like, once that thing grows inside of you and you birth it, I'm sure you're kind of connected. It's weird because you know you have to almost wonder if she felt any of that from. From uh, like his future, and you know, I don't know if she could have. I mean, he, she was he was her son, so like, I don't know if she had any sort of you know inclination towards like, oh man, this he might be bad news or something one day. I don't know because he left when he was pretty young, so at that point, like, he might have still been like he seemed like pretty much a a kid, you know. Like, I mean, he was smart and he knew how to do a lot of shit, mm-hmm. but she didn't even really know he was like powerful in any way but yoda man he was right because whenever he said he like you know whenever anakin is just like what's that got to do with anything like fear and you know your mother and everything like missing her mm. he's like i sense much fear in you you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering anakin in episode one two and three to darth and what's interesting is 
whenever he walked away with Qui-Gon, and I was explaining to this, uh, I was explaining this to somebody at work, actually, and I may have even said, I don't know if I said this on air or not before, but whenever he was, like, leaving, like, with Qui-Gon, oh, you're freed and everything, and she's like, don't look back, you know, and stuff, and, like, he came wandering back the first time, mm-hmm. and he's like, I just can't do it, Mom, I just can't do it. And, you know, he's like, well, will we ever see each other again? And she's like, well, what does your heart tell you? And he's like, yes. And then he's like, I guess. And fucking, that's exactly what he got. That's exactly what he got. Did he see her again? I guess. I mean, yeah, he saw her. He saw her she for was... a fucking moment, and and that was well, the last thing. Shape, that was the last thing her. she saw, and then she fucking she was gone. He manifested his own reality every fucking bit with that shit. It's kind of crazy because like he did come back, but like he was having you know those nightmares again, and then the pat like he was foreseeing the stuff happening, and he couldn't prevent any of it. Yeah, he, the pat, the her he dying in childbirth. Like, yeah, you saw that way in advance too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, but I, what at that point? What was he gonna do too? It's like she's pregnant. You guys plan on having the kids? He didn't know the path he was about to go down he, either. He was he desperate. He turned to the only person offering him fucking what he thought that he wanted, which even wasn't even real. Back. Yeah. Stop people from dying. And so his apprentice killed him in his sleep. <laughs> it was you, man. Tells him this whole story. He's like, listen to this story about this evil bastard. <laughs> He's the evil bastard. <laughs> While they were tell- like they're watching the jellyfish show. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a cool fucking show. The He's thing they were sitting at when he was giving him that story in Revenge of the Sith. I always thought, I'm like, dude, I would buy tickets to that show. Did you, you go in there after smoking some weed, man, <laughs> sit down in the seat and look at those jellyfish, I guarantee you'd have a great time. <laughs> you told him that whole Plagueis story, like, you have no idea how many times you go on posts and shit like that and people comment that whole, they're like, did you ever hear <laughs> the tragedy? It's like, oh man, they like type the whole fucking thing out. <laughs> I see people do that all the time, like. Ever passionate fans. Oh, there's man. very hey, passionate. Our passions fans. are what brought us to this fucking dance. This is why we've been able to create a lot of these fucking episodes. Like we have life shit to talk about, but we have a lot of shit we fucking you know yeah. watch and pay attention to to talk about. And you're a big movie people. And obviously, you know somebody like Kyle, like it's it's with ease that he f- slips in here and we <laughs> we get like four hours just out of the way. <laughs> it's just yeah. like that. <laughs> Have you ever heard, like, movie addicts or, like, big movie, like, watchers called cinephiles? Have you ever heard that term? Mm, I've probably heard of it, but... People... I've heard people say that a lot recently, I feel like. Like, oh, cinephiles, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't want to call myself something like that, you know? It's like... Because no. it's got the file. I don't really you want anything with a file. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to be in anybody's file. <laughs> Because anything that's described something blank file, just you th- you go down bad like paths in your mind. He's a megaphile. Pedophile, um, freaking duh file. It's just nothing is good with file. No, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be in it. Like, and if you're in somebody's file, you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to be in a file. I mean, everybody's in the government's file. 
yeah. Maybe I'll be in somebody's file of facts. <laughs> Maybe I'll be in yeah. Spencer Barnes' file of facts. If somebody's still got a file of facts, they're fucking... <laughs> I don't know what... Living in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> a lot of people probably heard that and were like, what the fuck is that? That shit had, like, everything in it, though. Everything. That was, like, one of the first movies, like, when we were doing the movie segment that I gave you. Oh, yeah. That was, like, that was a funny movie to watch. Like, it was not... It wasn't even that, like, all-out creative, but it was a really fun, simple story of just, yeah. like, oh, I'm getting him out of prison. But, like, they have some hilarious lines in it. I feel like the 80s and 90s did that pretty well with some movies, like, especially comedy-wise. Like, mm-hmm. they were sort of simple, but they were, like, oh, yeah. pretty good. They took, Well, they would take, like, a generic idea and make it just a hilarious film. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that comedy was, like, at the height. And I wouldn't even necessarily say time. taking care of business was generic, but it's, you know, he was breaking out of prison to see the Cubs. It was kind of specific, but it was like, it wasn't that complex of a story. You don't have to, you know, go, you, you don't have to put your mind through a whirlwind of thoughts to understand it, more or less. Yeah, it was, um, that's like, what would you say the best era for comedies were? Because it's definitely not now. They're not hardly making any that aren't straight to streaming and nobody ever sees it's probably like I would say like the nineties and early two thousands killed that shit. Yeah. But they they did pick it back up in like the early twenty ten. Or even like some of those movies that came out in like the late nineties, like just th- some of the jokes, I mean, things were just harsh, but like that was just the way people were talking. Like the same <laughs> as the sixties and seventies. Not saying once again, you know, not saying it makes it all okay, but it's like that was just how people were, you know, talking. Like, but it's like taking things for the time, you yeah. know. Well, and the people, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the people that actually were offended, like, to the real life people that went and said a lot of these things, got their fucking, got punched in the mouth, got fucking slapped, got, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like, some of them for sure, but like, also, the words were just, people just let them fly. (laughs) A lot of the shit they say in those movies. But to be honest... Even, there was definitely a lot of great comedy movies made after, like, 08 and so on. But I would say between, like, the period, especially of, like, 93-ish through, like, 08, that 15 years was just harsh on fucking people. Yeah, I like, but it was when we were kids. But, no, so. I mean, they were, like, I'm putting it over, like, in terms of funniness. It was, there were some hilarious <laughs> movies. They crossed the line, I'm sure. If you go back, but we're not even just talking rated R, like because I mean it's rated R, like you expect a certain threshold of yeah. what you're gonna what you're gonna be seeing. Uh, but like some of the PG thirteen movies were a little bit, you know, dicey, and you know it oh, was yeah. kind of raw. It was especially like, in the like yeah the late nineties early two thousands. Yeah. There was some shit that I'll like go back and watch now and be like, it's kind of crazy. This PG thirteen, yeah. like even just like. I didn't get some of the shit as a kid, I guess, but there's so much, like, fucked up innuendo. Yeah. Like, right? hidden in the lines and in the scenes of some of that shit. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's, I thought that <laughs> shit was funny, either. Like, comedies really won't be made the same way. But they don't really, they just kind of sprinkle in comedy a lot of times now. Although, people that make their own independent, or their own stuff and just put it right on Netflix or streaming, like, don't have to go through all that shit. Like, they don't even really have to appeal to mainstream like if you're making your your movie through like a one of the services specifically 
Because yeah. HBO and like people that make Netflix movies, like they don't really. I'm sure they abide by some rules, but they don't really. They don't really give a fuck what the mainstream, you know, narrative is as far as yeah. like or as much as people that go to the theater and and that's you know it's kind of a shame too because like obviously we both like love still going to the theater mm-hmm. and seeing stuff and it's just like people aren't gonna take chances with these movies unless you fucking loosen your stronghold over their fucking content. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it's more than ever. Yeah, right oh, now, it is. Where it's like Probably. they are trying to censor and monetize a lot of the shit, and it's like, I mean, dude, it's movies. That's like, that's what I always my argument is. This should all the be time with the everyone. exception. It's like, it's not real fucking life. This is somebody's yeah. art. It's yeah. fucking. It's not meant to be taken like. This is how I think. I don't, it's like, this is just a story they came up with. I don't see anybody overseeing music the kind of way they fucking, mm-hmm. you know, put a, put like a harness on movies. You can still say whatever the fuck you want in a song. That's what I'm saying. Like, like <laughs> so why, like, who gives a fuck? And now that that's like, that's obviously... Everybody gave up and you just didn't to. make the shit they wanted to make. Everybody, like... To some extent, except like Quentin Tarantino, he's still making. He doesn't give a fuck what anybody's. I don't necessarily agree with all his opinions, especially some of the ones that he said on JRE. But like as a filmmaker, obviously he fucking has made some great shit. He's like, I'm a big Quentin fan. But he doesn't sure. even. He doesn't care like what the like. They're like, okay, well they're like, well Mark, and I'm not saying like, oh she she shouldn't have had any time to speak, but like whenever people bitched about Margot Robbie not having too much of a, uh, like, too many speaking parts in, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was, like, the main, you know, like, lady in it. Yeah. She was, like, the fucking, you know. Uh, but she didn't really, she was, like, dancing and just kind of, you know. It was kind of like, scenes. that was, she was, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but she wasn't, she was, like, one of the main characters, but she wasn't the focal point of the movie, like, yeah. You just knew that, like, oh, shit, you knew Sharon Tate, you knew what happened with the Manson family. I think he wanted to show her, like, as this beautiful, like, you know, appreciated, like, she was part of... Beautiful, like, bright. She was, yeah, she was, like, Happy, young. Yeah, and not just what everybody remembers at the end and shit. But, no, like, what I was getting at is just, like, I I admire the fact that, like, he's still willing, like, to stand in his own, you know, fucking feet planted firmly in the fact that... He's like, no, like, I'm not going to cut this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make the type of movie that I want to make, and I don't give a fuck what you want to do. That's even kind of that it's way with, like, like, Kyle was talking with James Cameron, how yeah, theaters are always saying, or just, you know, cinema heads and people that run studios always want you to cut your movie as much as you can so they get more theater runs out of it, and they, you know, it, people are more... Likely to go see a two-hour movie than a three-hour and fifteen-minute movie. You know, People all showed up shit. for Endgame. And it's the, like in Titanic. Yeah, what do they mean? James Cameron, though, it's like he just he said, "Oh fuck you, dude! I'm just gonna put the movie out that I want." I we worked hard on this. I feel like if you're a big enough director, you're able to do shit like that. It's preposterous that they say that because like five of the top ten movies are three fucking hours long, like yeah. grossing of all time. Sometimes the story ha- is has to be that long to tell the story Titanic, the way it needs to be told. And Endgame are all three fucking plus hours. Yeah. I mean, like Star Wars, even 
it's not three hours, but they're long movies and they're all dense. So yeah. it's like they're all between like two and two and a half. So I mean, yeah. they're not really like a short movie, but they're not like Lord of the Rings length. Some people think like, you know, and that tells you they don't fucking watch them. But they're like, oh, those movies are so long. It's like the Star Wars ones are not even, they're really not as long as Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings you should appreciate anyway. It's make time to watch it. They're great. Yeah, they're well done. Yeah. They're fucking art pieces for sure. They look like art. Like just the way the cinematography is done. It's really pretty shit. It is. That was like, obviously like the battle sequences and like some of the, Shit in Lord of the Rings is super dope. And Smeagol's backstory, all that shit's really cool. But, like, that's the kind of was the main draw for me with Lord of the Rings, really, was just how, like, beautiful the shit looked a lot of the time. Like, it just looks so crisp and well mm-hmm. done. It's crazy because those are 20 fucking years old, and they have aged fine. Like, they look great still. I mean, they've redone them and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, re, you know, they did that to everything. Like, and the thing is, it's not like they're, everything's, like, left alone. Oh, you can't do this to it. It's like they remaster music. Do you have it, like, in, you know, no disrespect, but it's like even your favorite songs from, like, the fucking 80, or the 80s, 70s, 60s, they would sound fucking mundane and, like, nothing. Just if, not. If yeah. they didn't remaster them. Not it's up like, to date. Yeah, they would not sound good. I mean, I even think that, like, Listening to some of, like, the Christmas classics right now that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck yeah, I love this song. Like, grew up listening to it forever. But, like, you do listen to it, and if you really listen to it, it's like, man, this sounds rough compared to the way shit sounds now. You know what I yeah. mean? Just because a lot of that shit's 60 years old. Oh, yeah. It's like... You, like, you listen to the Monster Mash. Jesus, that sounds like some old shit. Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, how the shit sounded then. Like, they were listening to, like, records and shit, and, like, it was, like, <laughs> all poppy, and, like, this is great. It's almost a little bit eerie, like, you watch something like uh, Robin Hood or, like, some of those old, you know, like, stuff we probably still watch, like, some of those, like, old cartoons. Like, I mean, like, fucking 40s, 50s, 60s stuff. Like, you can tell it's somebody just recording their shit in some old-ass studio. Not that it's so much different than it is, you know, the way it's done now. But it's just like, you can tell how goddamn old it is. Like them yeah. saying into their, you know, in the studio and shit. <laughs> they had like a, like just a distinctive way of talking. Um, yeah, the way that the radio guys did shit, they're like, breaking news. Everybody had to have this. They had a very different radio voice for the time. It was kind of wild, like. Major snowstorm hits the northeast. Blah, blah. It's like, what the... F- Why do you have to sound like that? Yeah. Every one of you. <laughs> I come here, I come here often, and uh, it's like, we know, we hear you. If you go, if you watch really old movies, like, some of the horror movies that I, like, check out every now and then, like, 30s, 40s, 50s era shit, the overacting in it, and, like, the way everybody talked. Everybody's just like, oh, no. Like, they gotta be, like, really, st- like, I don't know, projecting about everything. I think that was still carrying over from, like, plays and shit. But mm-hmm. it's like, 
it's it's funny and it's good because you take it for the era, like you should with anything. But it's like they just knew their script and they like sound it like a robot. Yeah. Uh-huh. You gotta you gotta hype your voice and you gotta bring it down. That's why the few actors that were real actors then were like, holy fuck, like Jimmy Stewart, freaking Marlon Brando, guys like mm-hmm. that started bursting into the scene. It was like, damn, these guys are actually pretty good actors. Judy Garland, even for her era, was a pretty fucking good actress. So like, yeah. It didn't take much. I mean, not that they weren't good, but I feel like acting was a lot more, like, stiff and just, like, reading off a script. And then come, like, the... Probably the late 50s through the 60s and 70s, that was whenever it was, like... It was away, it started to become away from that projectile fucking acting to, like, really well-acted, well-told stories. The 70s, it was wild, like, how the shift that happened in Seymour. Like, 70s, they were releasing some movies. It was, like... Well, they really... In the 60s, they released, like, a fuckload of, like, classics, like, things yeah. that came out. Like, they, they had... They were still in, like, the black and white era and, like, partially in the 70s, but then they started coming out of that. But it's, like, they... They fucking... They it kind of evolved from all that kind of goofy shit to, like, really well told. And, like, it was about the acting. Because they still... Special effects... Well, first of all, Star Wars still didn't come about. And regardless of what people say, that was where a lot of that shit was born. Like, nobody had any idea, like, of, mm-hmm. of using those kinds of animatronics and, and fucking production value and shit. And they thought he was fucking wild. You know, they thought he was crazy. Like, they didn't think that was, you know, going to make any money. Like, this isn't how fucking cinema's made in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but he had a vision. He's going to see it through, for better or worse. And that's not even saying that, like, the 40s and 50s didn't have classics. Like, well, it was just a whole different... Like, It's a Wonderful Life Christmas movie, for sure. But, like, that's Jimmy Stewart, too. That dude could act. But, like... That's a great film, and the story in it's great, and like well acted by most everyone in it. There's like there is, and Citizen Kane's like one of the highest rated movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people like, and even though it was made way back then, I've heard a lot of people be like, yeah, because they'll like put over Casablanca and some of the older films and shit like that. But they're like actually, even though they're aware of the respect that Citizen Kane has, I've heard people like shit on it too. They're like, it's kind of like a. Like, you, they, they're not pumped about it. Well, I can see it not being it. as exciting as modern movies, well, you yeah. know. But well, that, like, no, that's what I'm saying. But but also, the, some of the same people like some of the other older movies. But I've heard people say that yeah. one wasn't as... They don't understand why it's... you know. I do see how you say, like, that it kind of took a shift in the 60s, though. Because even, like, there, 12 you, Angry Men, Psycho, like even, Alfred Hitchcock was there. I would even put it as early as, like, 58-ish... There were some decent movies that people guys were getting like, you know, mega fucking performances over and like winning Oscars and shit. Like as you know, movies started changing and sets started getting bigger. Um, Hollywood started getting more corrupt. They're like, no, we got the budget to make this shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can still make you can still make what you wanted until all fucking, these drug fueled guys in here. You pretty much can still make what you wanted until like the last ten fucking years. Like Jesus, yeah, for the most part. I mean, um, it started kind of taking probably not even that, probably until like, like 2015 16, yeah, and then I everybody started say, shutting shit down. The early 2010s, there was some pretty funny comedy movies yeah. and shit, yeah. But nowadays, I feel like, like the PG 13, how comedy used to push the boundary with PG 13, I feel like horror does that now with PG 13. Like, there's some fucking pretty fucked up, freaky. 
PG thirteen horror films. Mm. I feel like like every genre kind of, like they have to they sort find of be a more, way. They have to sort of be more creative. Not yeah. more creative, but they but they know that there are certain things they can't do. Can't rely on the violence as much yeah. to sell it. But that's kind of like I feel like every genre sort of tries to do that, and like sometimes you make a movie and you know with your vision you're like this is gonna be R, fuck it, I don't care. But I feel like yeah. a lot of times like studios sort of want you to make PG thirteen because it can fucking gross higher because. Families can see it and kids can see it and all this kind of shit. But that's why PG-13, it's hard for me to be sold, and this is more or less about terminology than anything, but it's hard for me to be sold that any PG-13 movie is horror. You know what I mean? Horror. It could be psychological thriller. or thriller or whatever, or maybe suspenseful, but like horror to me it does indicate probably a certain degree of blood and fucking you know ruthlessness i don't know it's not really but i but that's what i'm saying i would call it something else but it doesn't i don't think pg-13 gets me to horror even though yeah. there are movies that are always you know oh horror slash thrill or whatever even if it's pg you know what i'm saying well like well, you're not gonna see us in haunting connecticut and skeleton key all those were pg-13 i didn't really f- for a skeleton key, I, I, w- I don't know if I would push it as far as horror. It could be psychological thriller. Yeah, kind of. uh, for that one, though. But Insidious sure. and Haunting Connecticut, they were pretty fucking freaky. And Insidious had the same group of people as fucking, what, The Conjuring and all those other movies? Yeah. yeah. Was, what, that was James I didn't Wild, even see right? that until last year. Yeah. Uh, until, like, last year. <laughs> and we had Kyle on the time. We were like, we didn't put over Saw 1, like, over the other ones. It's more so not because... It was a really good fucking idea, and the twist was epic. It was a really good film, but as far as like my interest versus the other parts of the story, like nah, you know what I mean. It did. It was like groundbreaking. It had to be good for them to even do yeah. any of that shit. And it sure. also bred a whole other yeah, like bunch of movies in that genre where it was kind of like once Saw came out, people started releasing more like kind of blood and guts gory mm. horror kind of shit I feel like Saw was like one of the first ones kind of shopping like Hostel and then all yeah. those kind of movies Human Centipede even could be lumped in there yeah but like Saw 1 was groundbreaking but when you like watch the whole series it's it's not the most I feel like it doesn't move the needle as much as some of the other ones for the story yeah. The overall story, I feel like... Because Saul's kind of one of those series where it's like... The whole series is like one story within a matter of weeks. And that's why they say... Spiral the book of Saw. Because it's literally... It's one story like intertwined all in itself. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? With all the shit that they... Yeah. That they showed. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... There was a good amount of them that were fucking... They were fantastic. As far as, like, that vein of film goes, you know? Yeah, they were... They were with it. And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, watching the Saws, like, they all have, like... Like, a dark, grimy, gross... Like, even, like, the cinematography of it, like, is kind of shot, like, a lot of, like, greens. Like, dark greens, blacks, and grays. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like a dingy, gross look. Like all the settings all are All those nasty. rooms are like dingy and shit. Yeah. Like the games take place. <clears throat> and that's just what it's like predicated on. But it works mm. for what it is. And like, the thing is, they make it look like that. And they made, they make it work. They made almost all those movies for fucking not very much money. Yeah. Like, that's what makes James Wan kind of a, ge- a horror genius. Is yeah. That he's able to do that kind of shit. Fake lit, just the shit falling off. So they wanted to make that match the gore that was being sold. You know what I mean? Because some of it was probably going to look a little ridiculous anyway, just with the stunts they were trying to pull off. Yeah. With the budget that they had, I should know. Because you can make any of it look good. Look what they can do with the CGI de-aging now. It looks fucking good. You can recreate people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It, yeah, he's been dead 35 years. Yeah, yeah, that shit about Bruce Willis. He sold his AI, like, his likeness. Uh-huh. He, like, sold it to some company for, like, millions of bucks because he can't really act anymore, you know? So you could see Bruce Willis and shit again in the future, but it's not really Bruce Willis. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it is. He was already, like, in a commercial for, like, some car company in Germany. That's going to be the way shit starts going. Like, and the things that, like, like, have you seen, like, Joe Rogan having a podcast with, like, some other motherfucker that's not even alive anymore or some shit? And it's, like, it sounds like it's actually them talking. Like, people can cut shit and make shit look whatever way, dude. It's (laughs) fucked up. Somebody made that video of him, like, talking to himself and shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's even said before, though. Like, and it's even true with us. Not that we would ever be in that situation if we get big enough to have to deal with it. But it's like, once you talk, like, on record yourself talking for long enough, mm-hmm. you're going to have bits of you saying so much shit that they could cut so much to make you sound like you're saying some fuck oh, up yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Andy was saying, too. He's like, I don't know how many hours there are me on the internet at this point, but... Yeah, they could make it sound like you're talking about anything. It's, it's weird because, like, we've grown as people, obviously, but, like, even since the podcast, like, June of 2019, it's like we've been... Like, it in ways... It doesn't feel like the same podcast, even though it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't because our method is, like, different, and we've had all these fucking conversations and shit, and we've grown and changed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like, so it does, it's like, oh, we're still carrying on, but, like, you can't look at episode 65 and then go back to episode 3 and think, oh, yeah, they're doing about the same thing here. Like, because it's... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, some of those times, like... We were still, like, really trying to get our footing for a long time. We released... The first four that we shot, we... Those weren't even made public until five. Five was, like, the first one we rolled with that we're, like, we got a social media page, we're doing this, we're starting this, and five was the one we launched with, and to this day, that's our highest uh, fucking grossing or, like, viewership episode for uh, a solo episode. Episode five. Yeah, people started giving up on us! After yeah. the first solo. Yeah. Yo, Nobody gives a fuck about solos bitches. They just want the fucking guests in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, who do you think fucking brought in the guests? <laughs> who do you think? If we didn't start this shit, there'd be no guests. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, there is no casting the spotlight without Elijah Andrews 
There is no casting the spotlight without Timothy Bollinger. We fucking started this shit, and we're still doing this shit. And honestly, like, you can think, at least for me, I know you have your own, like, now I listen to so many different podcasts, but you can think, like, Diaz and Rogan and Segura and Bert and all those guys who are, like, even giving me the inspiration to be like, this yeah. seems like a fun idea, because... You don't need anything. All you gotta do no. is sit down, get a microphone, and fucking shoot it's, shit. It's crazy because, like, <laughs> just bullshitting and we're like, yeah, let's fucking try to do it. You know, just sit down for like an hour or whatever. And then we went through that rough trial run, did the actual first one eventually, and then uh, shot, you know, several more and then ran with it. Uh, or kinda ran with it. Kinda, kinda ran with it, you know. Yeah. Had our little dips and, and, you know, things. But more or less, like, since the beginning of this year, I mean, we've hit them out. Hard as all fuck, like, almost one a week every single fucking week. That's like, having almost half of our episodes in this year is pretty is a pretty telling sign. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what's crazy is, too, is, like, it's, we don't even have, we, don't, we haven't even, you know, and to a certain extent, people have asked us that, too. They're like, okay, but don't you feel like maybe the conversation, you know, maybe not the conversations, but, like, just how you guys present it. Like, don't you feel like that's outgrowing, like, the production value or whatever? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, we just, we kind of do it the way we do it, and we're still getting viewers. Could, is there always room to grow? For sure. But, like, it's also a matter of money, like, having a studio, having mics, having all that stuff. I mean, obviously, it all takes, you know, time and stuff. And, like, we're still, I mean, we're... You know, all we've been doing is trying to spread awareness and fucking get eyes on it. You know what I mean? Like, give I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to, you know, get some padding through some soundproofing and get a second mic so we could each just talk it. But, like, yeah, what we've got right now works. Too. Yeah, like I well, said, you don't need anything. Like, it's crazy because people get excited still regardless. Like, it'd be fun to have the... We would always have the audio anyway because it's easy to multitask. People can people can drive and listen. People can work and listen. People can just, you know, fucking do whatever and listen. Or they can sit down and listen and, you know, do something yeah. else or, or, you know. Um, but, like, the video you can watch too, but it's just like... You know, you can always fucking have the audio regardless. And, like, that's why, obviously, like, it's good to take the pictures and get some clips or videos if we can of, you know, a lot of the shit because then we have that. And then, you know, we have the moments for, like, fucking kind of capturing it. the guests yeah. and everything, at least. Um, and I think, you know, it's cool because something that, that start, you know, that we started, like, even bullshit and then, well, oh, let's see if we can do it. You know, we it, like, grew... And then it grew to the point where, like, we released it, people started listening to him. Then we had guests on. And then, like, it got to the point where, like, people were actually kind of excited to fucking, like, come on. It's like, oh, man. It's yeah, like, after a while. An idea. Guests in. An idea, like, just grows like that is, it's fucking, honestly, remarkable, though. Like, it's just, the fact that something like that can happen, it just... Yeah. Not even to kiss our own. <clears throat> because, I mean, if we had stopped putting effort in or if we had given up or whatever... That would have been the result. Like, you get fucking what you put in. And a lot of facets in this whole fucking life, man. But, you, uh, you know. It also helped us, too, I feel like, within our immediate kind of, like, circle of people that we grew up around and know and that kind of stuff and are close with. Like, we were the first ones to do something like this. So when people saw it, like... 
everybody at that point that we started doing a podcast like knew of podcast whether they like listened to them or they did yeah by the time we then that's so a good then thing. that's like it drew the eyes to us because nobody within the immediate group around us or people that we knew were doing this mm-hmm. so it was like oh what the fuck is this and people like we're at least interested to give it a listen Okay. Whether they stuck around or not, who knows? But we picked up some countries and some viewers along the oh, way. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> we picked up like fourteen or I think counting the the U.S. I think we've been listened to by like fourteen countries, fifteen countries. Um, you know, in shout out, telling. shout out to my my boys and girls in Germany, Ireland, and Canada. You guys are still holding it down. <laughs> I think they're the top viewers besides what U.S. Right, those three. Somebody else might have been up there, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, the United Kingdom's up there too. There, yeah. but it, but they might be number four after those ones. I don't know. See, UK, you Canada's guys probably a third slack. then because Ireland was after Germany, weren't they? Or did yeah, I think it was fucking... Germany and Ireland after yeah. the U.S. Hell yeah! Damn, we get those tough fucking European bastards. Well, we played something for them at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy hope, that. Hope they're uh, drinking. Yeah. Drinking some brandy and eggnog. Yeah. No joke on that one. <laughs> I mean, we've all, you know, we love drinking on episode number 66. <laughs> the Christmas season, like. This is basically our Christmas special, too. It's yeah. Kinda like, our, you know, it's the, it's the one that's going to be released right before Christmas, really. I feel like it's. Anytime there's sort of a holiday season, it's just a reason for people to drink, too. It's like, for oh. sure. Let's get together and celebrate, and then I just <laughs> eat some people drinking. When it brings you together, yeah, it brings you together socially, and it fucking, you know. I remember growing up, and like, my grandma was like a saintly woman, you know. She uh, she didn't drink, she didn't smoke, she didn't really even curse. She was just like. She went to church every Sunday. She did all that shit. You know what I mean? She was that woman. She was an old school woman. She's like, she ran sort of a tight ship. And my cousin, he's like, he's a little wild. I mean, that side of the family is a little wild. She kept people in line though, too. She raised (laughs) damn near everyone. It's kind of crazy. She raised a lot of grandkids. It's like, but... My cousin, he's a little wild. Everybody's a little wild on that side of the family. They can be. Yeah. And dude, one Christmas Eve, he got so fucking drunk at her house, and like nobody was drinking. It wasn't that kind of get together. It was just like we were at grandma's, the family gathered. We were opening gifts, and having some food, and he was like sneaking out drinking oh, no. <laughs> at his car. And we were in the middle, of like opening up gifts, and he just comes like walk, like stumbling back in. And my grandma's just, like, sitting in the chair, and he just, like, everybody just stops opening gifts and, like, looks at him walk in. He's just like, oh, 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 Santa Claus is here. He's, like, (laughs) screaming. His face was red and shit. Stumbled in the door. Like, my uncles just, like, drug him out of the room. They're like, we're not doing this right now. Oh, no. And as a kid, I didn't even get it. I was just like, yeah, he's having a good time. (laughs) It's so funny when you look back on things that happened with your family when you were a kid and now you're older, you're like, that was not what I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we (laughs) figured you out one day. Everybody knew. (laughs) 
It's kind of funny, though. Or just when you get to a point in your life where you're old enough to where your family doesn't, like, hide the conversation from you. They just start openly speaking about this real shit around you or when you're in the room mm-hmm. or to you. And you're like, man, you guys are way more fucked up than I thought you were. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, you always, as a kid, you always just to view adults as having their shit together. No. <laughs> Dude, a lot of these people have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and it's just I'm just saying, around I'm just saying, because you're around the whole group of them. And I'm not saying I have it all the fuck together, and I'm not going to go, you know, and I'm not certainly going to get on here and start naming names and shit like that, yeah. but it's like a lot of the thing, a lot of the things you, you know, especially like adults, and you know, you're like, like, oh, they're fucking... Like, you always... You think that as a kid, and like... And then you eventually think they're having, like, open conversations around you, but it's like... Mm, it's like... It's it's rough when you start learning, like, just different things. You know what I'm saying? Like, just different family stuff that's happened, or stuff that was kept from you, or just whatever. It's like... It's just... I went through an era where that kind I mean. of stuff made me angry. Like, finding out later, like, yeah. come on. And now I'm just, I'm not even there. No, I'm not I'm even, just like, I, you have to deal with it, and you have to process, you know, all the shit, but you're like, man, what you said, you're like, what the fuck is with some of you <laughs> people, man? Like, I'm just trying to do my shit. <laughs> like, I always knew some people were, like, I never just, I didn't have the, I feel like kids are just so much more, like, innocent, and they have a, a bright outlook. So they don't, like, view people in that way. But then when you get older and you kind of are starting to, like, see and realize more shit, you're like, I will say, and anybody that knows me, too, knows this. But, you know, just, like, I, I, even as a kid, though, I did question a lot of things. Like, why, why this? Why, you know, like, why is this this way? Like, I just, I've always been a questioner of things. Kids do that, too. That's how you learn. Well, it is. No, and I'm like, why? Like, why? And, like, nowadays it comes out like that. Like, oh, do this. Why? Like, it's like. You say you're the wrong person, you know. But uh, now we're old enough to actually get our shit stomped in public. As a kid, it wasn't you weren't able. But to. no, but sometimes <laughs> you just have to ask that, and it's not like you're questioning everything. But the fucking role, you know, what I'm saying, like we have two authority figures, like as you know, what I'm saying in general, like as somebody to look to, like you're supposed to question the shit. You know, what I'm saying that's how you hold fucking them accountable like you can't just let anybody take free reign over fucking anything that's how you know you're not getting like somebody's not getting one over on you too that's just like human nature to like be like well what yeah just fair what is this like what do you (laughs) i know i always felt you know and i'll be honest like you don't know how that's gonna speak but i'm like i always even felt growing up because i was like the middle child and shit like that i'm like to some extent, I really felt like I understood fairness the most. And I'm just like, because if I said that, it probably sounds arrogant. But I'm like, I swear to God, I'm like, I try to be as fair as I can with most things. Um, now, with my time, sometimes I'm like, you know, it's like, oh, I'll like formulate plans. And, you know, we'll go do something or whatever. And then sometimes other people ask me. And, I, you know, I try to return the favor. But, like, sometimes I'm just like, man, like, I don't know, you know, um, so sometimes I can't hold up that end, or I just end up <laughs> not. But at the yeah, same being, time, uh, at the same time, yeah, I try. I try to be fair, and I try to be like, okay, well, if you do that, I'll do this, or I'll accommodate you somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. 
it's like mind blowing to me. I feel like that is people with siblings in general are better about that though. Like kind of doing even trade off things where it's like, to me, it's mind blowing to think about like asking someone or telling someone to do something for you and not thinking about doing something for them. Like down or be like, Oh, I'll get you back with this or whatever. Like, like there's people that are just, Hey, will you get this for me? Or will you do this for me? And then mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, thank you. And that's, you know, that's it. It's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't care doing things for people, yeah. but also I just gave you that for free, man. Do fucking some <laughs> shit on your own, man. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. You so don't have as much entitlement when you have to share your shit with like another no. person around your age. And the thing is, it's weird because like, I'm like, I would, de- I would definitely admit that, you know, to some degree, like, I'm really stubborn, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I really try to be, like, my pride in the fact that I'll, like, I'll try to be fair with you will, you know, will succeed fucking me just being, like, ah, I'm just gonna do this my own way. Or, like, sometimes that's the thing. Like, if I feel like I didn't get my piece of something or whatever and everybody's doing their thing over here, I'll be like, well, fuck, I'll just do my own thing then over here. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, overall, I was, because I, I saw both sides, and, like, and also I've told people, too, I'm like, I just know what it's like to fight and argue and fucking go back and forth with people older than me because of that fact, with people younger than me because of that fact, yeah. and, like, especially people, you know, you're saying, I must feel like, I always felt like you, people, like, your same age, you had it out with the most, you know, because oh, yeah. you have the, like, you have the most similarities, but you also, you, you're differences are contested the most because like the differences younger and older are clear older and younger you know saying there so it's like you don't have to who gives a fuck but yeah that's i don't even know what i'm saying like, makes sense close this point, in age. i've been drinking siblings real close <laughs> in age definitely though butt heads a lot yeah. but i feel like too just with the entitlement of you know if you have siblings you're just a little less entitled i guess but also it's and it's not like all wealthy people. I'm sure there's, I know there's great wealthy people, but you know, I had friends growing up who were wealthy or single children or both. And it's like the way they viewed the world. Cause I mean, I, you know, I'm sure your family did well off enough and you know, my family struggled at times, but we were always able to keep, keep our house and shit, but it, you know, <laughs> but like, I feel like growing up really like getting hand-me-downs, like toys, clothes, all that shit, and like not really having a lot of money and just kind of like appreciating getting gifts or like getting little things or like getting even just time to go outside and fucking hit a wiffle ball. Like that kind of shit makes you sort of like appreciate life more and not be as entitled in your adult life because you like... The people that can earn you it appreciate and, and buy it will always fucking come out on top, like, in the sense of, like, they know what it takes, like, to be without it. And the thing is, in like, especially who I feel like I've grown into at this point, I'm like, I just, I really just don't need a lot to live. I just don't. I think I was telling Ricky this, uh, but I was just like, I'm like, I don't really need a lot, but there's something inside, and that could have to do with, you know, childhood to some extent, too, and, like, just being contestable with people or being, like you know, standing my ground until, like, I, you know, I fight for what I want or, or whatever, like, because I think, you know, uh, 
fucking, I kind of forgot where the fuck I was going with that. <laughs> um, oh, no. I was telling him. Yeah, I was going to say, I forgot that I even mentioned that part, uh, talking to him about. Because I was just like, yeah, I, like, I don't need a lot. Like, I really, I really don't. But it's almost like I sort of need to have, like, an ongoing, well, not necessarily an ongoing battle, like, with somebody. It would just, but I need to have something that I'm trying to contest to against. In, or, like, in order to overcome it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I need to be against some sort of fear or some sort of. To keep, have opposition. to keep me sharp and just ready for fucking the next thing. But, like, that keeps you attacking goal after goal after goal after goal, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need that sort of ambition. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, that's... You, you, need, you, need, you need something to, like, be pulling you in. You having no, like, drive or goal or interest or hobby you spend your you know your time on and do and like having something that you can enjoy but also that is sort of a challenge for you isn't a good place to be like you need to have something at least in your life that you are like it's not not even that it has to be something that you're miserable doing but just something that sort of is a challenge for you whether that's like a goal you're striving for for your career, even if it's just like a hobby that you enjoy doing, like something that you sort of causes you to put in a little bit of effort and it's yeah. not easy for you, is good for you. In in my head, I just feel like there, you know, you set a goal, you contest with that goal or that thing for a while, and you're like, you fight and fight and fight, and eventually if you overcome it, like you eclipse to that next fucking plateau. Yeah. Every time you eclipse, every time you ascend a little higher and achieve the things you're fucking striving for. And that's the beauty of it. Everybody sets their own fucking goals. So, I mean, it's there's fucking endless directions mm-hmm. to go with that. Endless. And you can go over here, you could fucking pull it back and go over here if you wanted to after that. Like, who the fuck cares? Who knows? But it's like, every time you ascend, like, it's just, it feeds you that fucking much more. Like, it just, you know, like, you want the next fucking battle and the next thing. Because that's just... That just fucking keeps... I, I feel like it keeps, you know, making you complex, making you layered as a person, too, all the shit that you fucking go through. That's kind of what's cool about being an adult. Like, adulthood is a real bitch. And it yeah. sucks, and it's hard, it's challenging, and you gotta fucking pay bills, you got things that you have to do, and, like, you, oh, gotta, yeah. you gotta move the pieces, and you really gotta, like, put in effort for it. But that's, like, good... For human nature, because it keeps you alive. You're fucking... Oh, yeah. You're fighting to survive. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, and you got the freedom to do whatever you want. If you're fighting, <laughs> like... It's it's almost like the... Like... Just... I, I wish there were a better word to use. It probably is, but I was going to say, just the high you get off of... Like, overcoming, like, those things. Like, that almost just puts the fire in me like nothing fucking else. Like, just to have that next thing, like, overall, you know, my mind geared towards something specific. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that goal or that thing. It's just, like, it fucking, in a way that if I just, it'd be great. Like, if somebody's like, all right, here, 10, or here's 10 grand, or here's 100 grand, or something. I'd be like, fuck yeah. And, like, I'd probably have a great time. Although, I mean, now is, you know, I feel like I'd be different with it even now than years ago. Yeah. But I also 
but it also just you're not you didn't earn that you didn't you don't know those fucking faults and and those mishaps and those you know the fucking crumbling human experiences like you have to go through in order to fucking get that next thing like you just have it all in your lap like all right <laughs> what should I go do so I mean you can have some fun but it's like if you if you know what it's like to fight and I mean fucking survive like survive like no bullshit you know and make money pay your bills you know make sure you have food and shit like that like just that's what keeps it fucking going just you know towards the next thing it's almost like that is as rough as it is because some people will say like oh it's you know it's kind of a shame you can't be a little more comfortable but like comfort's great you know whenever there's downtime and you're like okay well it's you know now it's time to relax and do this but like it's the opposite of achievement in the sense of like maybe you earn comfort maybe you earn relaxation for working all day I mean yeah you gotta have time for it but if you're if like that's your ultimate goal it's like you know you're capable of more than that it's gonna get and you fucking know exhausting it. after a while to be that comfortable. You're gonna be that's what I'm in itching to do. Something. That's what I'm saying. That one of my favorite quotes, like <laughs> that I saw, uh, and I think it was one of those Jordan Peterson quotes, where he said, and I mean somebody could, you know, I don't know, but he said this one, and it said, uh, "You're not everything you could be, and you know it." And it's like, that's the fucking truth. And I love I think it. Everybody thinks I that way. love it because. It holds you accountable, tests you as a human being, because if that kind of irritates you even a slight bit, that's good. That's a good thing. Like, if somebody were to tell you that to your face, yeah, I mean, you'd be like, because mm, you know that they're fucking telling the truth. All of us. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, like anybody thinks that way. Everybody can be and do more. And the only thing standing between them and fucking being able to is their thought process. And that's what sucks, too, about being, like, and I get caught in this constantly with, like, just working, trying to see everybody, spend, like, give everybody adequate time, but also give time for my own shit, and, like, then I'm like, well, I don't got time to, like, there's interest and there's things that I would like to freaking take up or do or get back to, and I'm like, I don't ever fucking do these things, or I don't yeah. ever have time for these things, and it's like... I'm just always fucking tired or giving my time to something else. <laughs> Dude, it and is. the constant excuse, but it's like, I'm the only one that's making myself that tired, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I spend too much time doing bullshit when I could be doing other productive things, but it's also, you I eventually love my movies. I love my oh, yeah. relaxation. I love just hanging with my cat. I like just yeah. chilling. Like... Well, you, yeah, you know, I think you know what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Because, like, I'm not, it, I mean, you know me, like, we've, I, mean, I don't know how many times you just chill, be like, ah, oh, I don't want to do shit, let's fucking, hell, we've fucking been about to shoot days, and we're like, yeah, let's just chill. Watch a movie. <laughs> Say that on air, I don't give a fuck. It's happening. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing, it's like, I'm not dissing, I'm just saying, as far as, like, a life goal, it's, like, eventually, yeah, if, like, I mean, if you want to make enough money to do this and this, and then, you know, eventually, okay, that's the goal, but, like, like I said, like, in, in, you know, part of that could just be me, too, but I realize, I'm, like, I just, I don't really need a lot, but I need the ambition to always fucking 
want more and not want more in the fact of like I need all these things and all in trying to fill this fucking void but like I need to be endlessly having these different experiences different places with different people you know yeah. achieving different things and like adding to the fucking you know complex thing that we all are man a human being like you want you you should want more like you should always want to learn more and you know it's fucking it's endless like i feel like if i i really truly do think i'm like even to this point everything like uh that i've learned and who i am now i'm like i feel like i could take myself almost anywhere and get to know people and like you know kind of fucking like cultivate some sort of a you know community of people that i've that i come to know you know what yeah. i mean anyway because i like i'm like i just in like i sort of it'd be interesting to see different parts of the world different parts of the you know what i'm saying like just to kind of uh just to kind of engross yourself in, like, just something completely fucking different. And I've thought about this before. I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what uh, what I want for my life. But I'm like, right now, I'm like, I'm just kind of, I'm in a place where I can experiment and figure out fucking what I want to do, you know. We're all, uh, yeah. Here, the beauty of it is, and, I mean, the downfall and the beauty at the same time is, like, you know, we're all fucking making mistakes, but we're all learning. Like, we're all learning here still. That's literally what your 20s are, is fucking, a lot of times, it's just falling on your face and worrying yeah. about being a failure, and yeah. trying to Dude. find your footing and figure out what you're going to do. Since, like, <laughs> since I've been back here, like, I've failed probably, and I'm obviously not going to just start spitballing a list, but I'm like, I've probably failed at a lot of different things since I've been back here, and I'm like, but... I'm like, if I can find a few things that I've pulled lessons out of or, or learned what I needed to learn from it, then I'm like, I don't think it was, you know, necessarily a waste of time. Like, I, you know, in like years ago, I wouldn't be caught dead saying like, oh, you know, it's about the journey and not the, because I'm like, no, it's, you should get to the destination. But like, I see what they mean about like, because you get the lessons from the fucking journey. You know what I mean? You yeah. get the, the knowledge, you get the growth. Um... The problem is, you know, sometimes it's journey's not always fucking easy. The problem is the life experience. Yeah, the problem is you go through and see people go through and go through things with people that change all of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it's fucking it's wild. Uh, I was gonna say we could take a break, take a break if you want to. Yeah, we went a flat there. hour already. <laughs> Damn. Um. And meanwhile, we'll keep executing the order and killing the Jedi. <laughs> but uh, we will be right back with the good, the bad, and the shit. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. Rice is stuffing macaroni and cheese. And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Christmas carols, son! <laughs> now, we're here to deliver you not only the episode number 66, Good, the Bad, and the Shits, but the last Good, the Bad, and the Shits of the year 2022. 
That's it's a wild thought, huh? I it mean, is. The segment's not over. But. It is. Oh, the segment is. Oh, it's. That's it. We're canning it at the end. We're getting sadded. Yeah. No, the segment's not over. It's fucking. But that's. But it's of the year. That's what I said. But I mean, it's, it is uh, kind of like a wild thing to think about. But then when you're really, you're just like, well, I mean, yeah, we'll still do it. Twenty twenty three. All righty. Well, should I lead us off here? Yeah, you can. All right. Well, this is throwing it back to any genre, any any anything. I was just I was thinking about this, and I think me and you have off air had this discussion before, perhaps even mentioned it on air before. But what do you think of the bad guys winning out at the end, whether it be movie? Show, a lot of times it's more like, you know, likely in a movie maybe or like, a you know, an episode, of course, that happens because it's well from over. But the bad guy winning out, whether it be movie, show, or... I mean, that know. kind of shit even happens in wrestling, you know? Where it's like you're kind, of, you're kind of surprised sometimes. Or you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. this is like a big event. I cannot believe the heel walked away with the because, belt. Because, well, in, in wrestling, I you know, as we know, obviously, it, it is... I guess it's applicable, but it is different too because sometimes they're utilized, like they're directed that way from to a you know from a business standpoint. Yeah. Sometimes movies just like to take it creatively different. Yeah. Um. But it's something I thought about because it's awesome whenever it does you know happen because typically you want good to win out. You know what I'm saying? You would think and you would want this to be, you know, usually not without a few casualties for sure. But usually, good wins out at the end. But that's what I'm, that's kind of my case. Is like, is that realistic, or is that should be there be more interpretations of bad convincingly going over at the end? Like you know, because there aren't a lot of them. Keep keep in mind. I mean, I'm not saying they should assassinate it and be like, all right, all the fucking bad guys should do it. <laughs> but like, you know, what I'm saying like there really are not a lot of interpretations of anything that they ultimately go over. There really are. Yeah, it's a finite group of movies and shows and stuff for sure, but... I mean, it's kind of a cool take sometimes. I, I enjoy... I think I enjoy it too, though, because it is a finite thing, you know? Where it's kind of yeah. like... Because it, it kind of has... It always takes sh- you by surprise. value of it yeah. is kind of crazy, where it's like, whoa. Because you don't expect... Especially since movies, <clears throat> most of the time, unless it's the main character is the villain and you can clearly tell that most of the time the movie kind of follows the good guy you know yeah. from his perspective <clears throat> like yeah his journey or her journey or whatever so whenever a bad guy comes out on top of the end you're kind of like well, that's especially if the story's main character isn't from the perspective of the bad guy you know where mm-hmm. if they come out on top of the end and that's really surprising because then you feel the effects of the loss from the good guy because you're like, God damn. It was who you were with yeah, the whole time. I mean, even like, I know it's not like probably to the effect of some things like freaking like Emperor Palpatine or some shit, but even in like Rocky, for it being one of the most iconic movies, you know, of all time, mm-hmm. like he didn't, he lost the fight or he didn't yeah. lose, but technically he lost because he didn't beat the champ. So it was like, the movie was predicated around this guy and his opportunity and like 
fucking training his ass off and like trying to overcome the shit and even overcoming his own mind because when he first got the fight he's like I'm fucking losing like I'll do this fight sure but I'm gonna get embarrassed and then eventually he started like getting more of kind of like a I'm you know I think I got a chance at this shit and like really training for it and then at the end of the movie he, he doesn't win and it's no. like what the hell because that's not especially for its era like that's not what you'd expect no, you know? I feel like we went through an era where I feel like a lot of movies in the mid two thousands and like late, they had like the team that oh they made it oh they overcame the odds and shit. they had them like lose the championship and shit all those times like for an era you know what I mean yeah all the sports movies they came out with like oh. Friday Night Lights and shit yeah and and uh, fucking yeah a lot of those type of movies. Um, yeah, sports say, movies. Invincible was kind of a pretty shit. successful story. That was the Mark Wahlberg one. I was thinking of like... Uh, the guy that was like the walk-on. Glory. Uh, what was the Glory? Miracle. Is that what you're thinking? No, no they won. The basketball one. But it wasn't just called Glory because that was a different movie. Mm. The only basketball movie I can even think of from that era off the top of my head right now is Coach Carter. <laughs> You're going to say, like, like Mike or no. something? <laughs> no, but they did lose the championship in yeah. fucking Coach yeah. Carter. And nobody laughed or whatever it said at the end. Or not nobody laughed. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. They sometimes, all had a horrible ride. Sometimes I'm going to say it annoys me. It is just a personal disgruntlement, so take it for what it is. Who gives a fuck? But sometimes it annoys me whenever, whether it's a true story or not or whatever, like at the end, they're like, and he went on to become the blah, blah, blah. It's like, and they always try to be clever with their goofy fucking jokes, like with somebody, oh, and he went down her space, ah! Yeah. Uh... They do that, I feel like, in a lot of, like, those uh, teen comedy things yeah. where it's like they show, they're like... This person went it's on like, to do this. If it was this great, why was it a part of the movie? It's not what the movie was about. It was about that era, not that era. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah, I guess. But, no, that, that, I don't know why that shit would just... It, it's probably because it became cliche and everybody started putting it in their shit. Yeah. Uh, it's not like... Doesn't the Breakfast Club do some shit like that? Wait, no, they don't say. They just go off with their people, and, and then he does the. <clears throat> what is yeah. it like? What's the little scroll though? Like they do something does like a lot of things when he show like, little clips at the end. Yeah, no, he Judd Nelson did that. Is but like I thought a, that like something scrolled across the screen, and they like held a still of him doing that, and it, like but said something it was about. the note that fucking uh, <clears throat> that what's his that Brian wrote. Uh, to the, you know, teacher. Anthony Michael Hall's yeah. guy. <clears throat> yeah, that, it is kind of like, uh, intriguing though in movies when, I would probably say it's slightly underrated actually, to yeah, have like the bad guy come out on top, like yeah. even, <clears throat> not to like spoil anything, it's been out for fucking years, but like, even like I watched Krampus yesterday, it was kind of that way, which I mean is sort of that way more with like, a scary movie, I guess, or like quote unquote. So like you're trying to keep it going. Horror, yeah. Like the movie's kind of based around the fact that this villain's terrorizing shit. Yeah. So it's like it needs new. They come out on top a lot, but it 
almost didn't seem like in that sort of situation that he would because it was like kids. So you're mm. like, oh, like, at least one of these kids, like the main kid's going to fucking find a way or something. So it's like, it is kind of always cool and it throws you off whenever at the end of the movie it's revealed like, oh no, the bad guy, he fucking got him this time. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And it leaves you sort of like with a chilled feeling. Even like regardless if it's a scary movie or an action movie or whatever it is, like just knowing evil prevailed, you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) You know? It's, It's weird because... The like the slashers that we you know know and love and fucking watch other movies, like they're for the most part going to come out on top. Or they a lot of times they don't come out on top, but that you know they're always coming back. So it's they'll show weird some hint of their because return. They'll show it's not really from their perspective because you always get the core main group of who the the next survivor girl is or the group or the person or the you know what I'm saying like whoever it is, they're story, you know, playing like versus this thing, Freddy or Jason or Michael or somebody. Yeah. Um, although I don't know, some of the interpretations have followed around Michael and shit and he's just done his own his own shit. So I guess the Halloweens are a little different than most of the Fridays and Nightmares. Um, yeah. Because they they have followed him around and, you know, but I don't know. I like those I guess those are a little different, but those are also franchises that are centered around their character. At a certain point, you're going to know. Yeah. Like, the first Nightmare, the first Friday, the first Halloween, like, you weren't going to know that the bad guy was going to prevail at the end. So that that really was... It would be kind of an interesting thing to word it, because, like, not only the bad guy prevailing, but, like, from the good guy's point of view, or... You know what I mean? Yeah. And who's to say who's even factually correct in their story? There's two sides, right? So what if in his, you know, saying like his story, you know, he won, the bad guy won, then the other, you know, it's like that's what you imagined or that's what you fucking, who knows? Yeah, that's maybe, the thing maybe you that's were, interesting. Maybe you were dreaming about this shit. About movies and stuff like that is, especially when it's done like good versus bad or like this group versus that group, like the, the person or the group's perspective that the movie is ran under is mm-hmm. going to be who you start siding with because you're like, oh, because that's the fucking, you're hearing them out. You don't hear the other side out. You know what I mean? They might not really be the evil. Who fucking knows? Yeah. That's always like, especially when it comes to, I always thought they were like sports movies. Like, it's like, oh, these are the underdogs overcoming the odds. Like, yeah, from the other team's point of view, they're the fucking, the assholes trying to squander their season. You know what I mean? It's like, It's kind of intriguing, but I would say that it's probably a little underrated because real situations, like, it almost feels a little, like, outdated and cliche to always be like, and the good guy defeated him in the head. Yeah, you gotta have, like, we were talking about with Kyle, like, there's gotta be some weight to, like, the explosion deaths, you know what I mean? Like, just, if you're gonna do something like that, but there's, but there's really gotta be stakes, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to do some of that, like, if you're going to have the good guys prevail, like, there's got to be some sort of, you know, and, you know, there's bound to be casualties if it's, like, a huge situation or one of these superhero movies or something else. Somebody might be getting offed. Yeah. So. Yeah, know. freaking. 
superhero movies, I feel like, more modernly, like, are just killing off heroes. They're like, all right. They they are going to end up with too many, though, if they end this next uh, eventual Avengers movie. Because Marvel with all their heroes, and now DC's going to create a universe of heroes. It's like... And they're talking about making those King Kong and whatever movies into a universe. <laughs> yeah, there's too many. Every every movie nowadays is a part of a fucking universe, or it's like yeah, a remake of some shit that was a hit in the '80s. It's like God, man. And not that I like I love movies still, but it's like fuck, like give me something fresh, man. And you'd I mean you still get occasional fresh things, but. A lot of time, it, it, it does come from it the really, thriller genre. It really, like... Because now there's there's all these... I mean, there has been all these like horror franchises and stuff, too. But it used to be the sequel, getting a sequel, having a sequel, much less a franchise. Like, it used to be that that was the exception, and everybody had all these fucking movies, and that mm-hmm. was the rule. And now it's like the fucking... The sequel in the universe is the fucking rule... And the exception is making original art. And just doing like a one-off movie. And yeah. That's kind of like the script is flipped. <laughs> but like they found out how profitable these franchises that are already established. You know, what do we always say fucking about like, I mean, just people getting used to routine and everything too. Oh, Star Wars, like Marvel, Star Wars. And like, obviously, you know, but they're going to sell because they're fucking known and branded things it's like easy to build upon something like that that's a problem with hollywood and cinema i feel like nowadays is they don't take near as many chances on stories that just like the things they know that will sell they put the budget and the money towards and they'll do all the nostalgia and they don't give deals to any like director or writer that come or producer that comes in with like an original idea because they're like Ah, people might not respond to this. We could lose money. And we know, like, we're not going to lose money if we do another one of these superhero movies. You know? It's like... Black Adam might argue. Dude, I can't believe that if that's, like, all true and that actually lost money. But in between that time, did you see Cavill be like, oh, I'm going to hang it up or something? Like, he was talking about hanging it up and whatnot. What, not being Superman? Yeah, like, because... I heard that he's not. Now they are going to restore it. But, like, everybody thought once he came back in Black Adam that he was back. But that that was also filmed. uh, Yeah, apparently the original plan and shit. Yeah, that was also filmed a few months ago. Like Kyle was saying, yeah, the new guys that took over DC, they're just, like, wiping the slate clean and starting their own universe. But that's, like, everybody wants to do that. Nobody wants to, like... Work with the shit they're already well, giving. They, they just want to create their own Because thing. they were already saying that, fuck it, we need Kyle here for that to explain that to us. But they were already saying, like, that they were like, yeah, we're not going to do this. We're just going to kind of continue on after the Ben Affleck, you know, like, just the stuff that, like, they had done. And the Justice League, like, he released his Justice League movie, which was a lot better. Um, I don't know, but... It's kind of interesting because like, but the, most of the superhero movies are not losing any money. So, but I don't know, man. The critics will take any chance they can to shit all over fucking DC for some reason. Because yeah. they're not paid out like Disney. Disney's got so many. It's like corporate like representatives in there. Like the horror genre, anything that's 
slightly like hacky or gory or bloody, they're like, this is shit. I feel like that's the only reason people are being made to think that they're that shit, because the critics are fucking saying they are. Like, that's what I even, that's what I said, like, I feel like, despite the Conjuring universe, like, thrillers and horrors are releasing the most original content of almost any genre nowadays. Like, a lot of their shit is original. Because a lot of the, like, major franchises that everybody knows haven't got remakes in a while, besides Halloween. Yeah. Like Nightmare had that kind of remake where it was just re- literally remaking the original movie. And Friday the 13th had theirs, but that was a long time ago in the grand scheme of movies at this point. And they've created Universal's just. No, it's New Line. Isn't it? That just put all their fucking money bought Somebody bought them, though. On Conjuring and shit. It's like. Give us something else, man. They're really focused. It's like, whenever they made that announcement, they were like already six plus movies in. It's like, your focus has been there for about a decade. What do you mean? I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. But it is kind of interesting, though, to see... So I take this era and try to compare it to other eras of movies because you like will just notice how like this era is all just remake, remake, add to this franchise, create this universe, scrap this, make this now. Well, and it's like everything's connected to other shit. In other eras, it was just like you had like Taxi Driver, Pulp Fiction, well, like yeah, Reservoir, like just. Everything was its Run own off kind of shit. Yeah. Everything had its own story, and it was just, that was it. That well, was the two hours, however long it was, that was the story. You know how I was talking about how all the movies, like, looked different in, like, the, you know, especially, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, the blockbuster era, like, everything did look fucking different, you know? And it was just, like, whereas, yeah, I don't know. Today, like, most of the, like, most of the movies that come out. You know, like I was saying about how they looked a little more similar. And not that it's a bad thing, but eventually you get to such good quality that it just kind of all... <clears throat> they look sort of, yeah. Um, and it all looks exceptional. I mean, the scenery and It just doesn't look unique. And that can be a thing. Like, it can look good, but not look, you know, distinctive. Things can start looking too good to where it all looks the same. Yeah, know? yeah. And some of it does. Especially but if some of the movies CGI and AI yeah. kind of shit. Some of the movies that are like shot in IMAX and like done on set and like done these crazy, you know, stunts and shit though do look fucking amazing. Yeah. Um Yeah, it is cool still when they make modern movies with Christopher Nolan's explosions like and stunts sets and, and shit. Yeah. As Kyle, I think, said. And you know, a few there's only very few. Like Scorsese and Tarantino and like a few of the other guys shoot on film still, like actual film, so that looks a little different in its own way. I'm sure that would be a much more tedious and difficult process, but it's like the real filmmakers are like, no, this is the way the shit's done. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what's your topic? My first one here. We got... Uh, 
What do you think of the the Christmas or just holiday cartoon classic TV specials like Rudolph? I'm talking Rudolph, Frosty, Santa Claus is coming to town, Peanuts, Grinch. Just that group of like old classic cartoon twenty five minute specials. Yeah, uh, we've watched most of them. Oh yeah, uh, I watch I mean, them I watched almost every year, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I was gonna say I watched most of those, especially uh, the Grinch, Rudolph. I I mean I probably saw Santa Claus coming to town, but I didn't watch it as many times. Do you um, think they hold up in the modern era? Do you think they're overrated and people just hype them up around this time of year too much? Um. I would say a lot of the people that respect those kind of movies, like the old classics, like, they do give them respect. Yeah. And here's the thing, is like, Christmas is a sentimental holiday, which means, you know, obviously tradition is prevalent. One of those traditions is always watching the classic Christmas mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the classic shows and the movies and the, you know, just all the stuff. That's why movies like Miracle on 34th Street that's and Wonderful still, Life. That's been out like a hundred fucking yeah, years, And it's a Wonderful man. Life. Same way, like black yeah. and white, made in like the 40s, and that shit still gets washed over your white Christmas. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's, in you know, you're talking those specifically, but those do get played uh, for the most part. Um, I would probably say fair, but I do enjoy all that stuff. But I think they still have their time in the year ultimately you know what I mean yeah there's it's special I think to me to watch that kind of shit like in December around the holiday because I don't know it's like childhood shit you know I grew up doing that watching that so it's like it is sort of like tradition now and I feel like that's sort of why they've lasted and carried on so well and so long is because the tradition behind it. Everybody grew up watching it and they pass it on to their kids. And like, You're watching shit. that uh, that fucking 66 Grinch with my grandma before the 2000 Grinch even yeah, came out. Yeah. You know? Like, she like she loved that. Like, she's like, oh, we haven't watched the Grinch. Like, on my, my dad's side, my mm-hmm. Oma. And, uh, I mean, that was classic. Like, that was an all-time, you know, we watched that a lot. And I do remember watching that 98, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie, which was obviously not what you were referring to, because you were referring to the old ones. Um, both good, though, because, I mean, that that's always a good story. I do kind of like what they added into the 98 one. Like, they made a little more going on and, like, gave them, like, a couple little pals and shit. Um, yeah. I haven't watched that one near as much. That I just grew up watching the 64 one, like, every year. But I, I love the Abominable Snowman and Yukon Cornelius. Those are great characters. Yeah, those movies, like... It is funny to watch them now, because, like, as a grown-up, too, it's like, this is some, like, obviously some childish shit, but it's so in the season, <laughs> and with, like... It is. With what it's all about, you know? It kind of just... It's all like Santa Claus, freaking snowman comes alive. Oh, this guy tries to steal Christmas. And like, I don't know, it's all just really special for this season yeah. to me, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not often. It's only this time of year, really. Like, it's not... And it is kind of, I guess, an exception for me, because I don't really... I'm not going to go back and watch fucking, you know, claymation or animatronic, like, cartoons from that era. Besides those, probably ever. <laughs> I mean, I occasionally, I guess, have watched some Gumby <laughs> and shit like Look that. up claymation from, like, 63. But, like, literally, like, you look up, like, on. the, like, if you look at the Rudolph from 64, even, like, the, a lot of those characters and shit were made out of, like, felt and, like, yeah. fucking wires. Yeah. And the way they, like, moved it and did. operated and shit. Like, it was so, like, bad looking, but it's so good because it's so classic. <laughs> like, if you take oh, it, once again, over. taking it for the air. Yeah. That shit was felt as fuck. <laughs> it, that's what, yeah, the whole set was probably made cheaper than fuck. Oh, just just like, over that, yeah. Just glue in some fucking cotton A half-ass Santa compared <laughs> to that cartoon for like a fucking 30-second clip. They didn't really need Dude, it. Santa and Rudolph, this is what I will say about Rudolph. <laughs> I would, if I was Rudolph, I would have told everybody in that place to suck my dick and fuck <laughs> off. When they needed me Christmas night. <laughs> Even Santa. Dude, Dude Santa no, they shit the on the day, him. he's like, oh, when he sees him when he's first born, he's like, well, you need to fix that. Like, yeah. about his nose, he's like, with a deformity like that, he's never going to be on the sleigh team. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, hey, saw you about uh, making fun of you for your disability and basically shitting on you and saying you weren't going to mount anything. I really need you now tonight. I'm, you got to guide my slayer. We're not going to have that. It's like, no. Fuck off. You said I had a disability, you wanted to shit on me. I hope this all you guys could fuck off. Santa was a pretty good guy in the ninety-eight one, man. <laughs> and, yes, in the sixty-four one, he was a grumpy son of a bitch. He was the, elf, the elves come to like show him the song they've been working on. He's like, ah, could use some work. It's like that's that's another funny thing about Christmas movies and Santa though. It's like some some variations, like Santa's like a wonderful fucking great guy. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. he's kind of a crabby stickler prick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Like, you shouldn't write him like Scrooge. I mean, I guess you could write him that way from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Or just uh, however the fuck, but. But you can't fucking shit on Santa, man. No, he's like, the spirit he's of Christmas. Like, yeah, you can't act like he's. <laughs> <laughs> you can't act like he's Scrooge. Scrooge is already a character, man. Somebody should put him all, like all of them in the, like one story. <laughs> Have like a fucking Royal Rumble with fucking the Grinch. Just all of them. Yeah. Just have them. Just just see who wins out. You know, Scrooge, Buddy the Elf, the Grinch, Santa. Santa's winning. <laughs> He's throwing every son of a bitch out. <laughs> Kevin McAllister tossed him in there with his yeah. little fucking stunts. Who else we got? We got... Dude, Scrooge? Scrooge ain't winning. No. That guy's older than <laughs> the crap in his fuck. <laughs> Punched over on a cane. Yeah, no, he's he's going out. He's getting thrown out. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know, man. The Grinch, you might fucking tussle it out with him. Oh, Santa would fuck the Grinch up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way 
Santa would, Santa would be coming in with a vengeance against most of these guys. They're shitting uh, on his. He's the spirit of the season. What about what about Jack Skellington? He would come in fucking. Get... Jack Skellington, he's a bony motherfucker. Yeah, he... He'd get tossed out. <laughs> Santa <fuck>. just <laughs> break him in half. I mean, he probably is a little fucking wily though. Uh, he's so who small. else do we miss? Anybody? Can anybody else do anything? Can throw Jack Frost in there. The and thing you... is, a lot of these movies have Santa, so like you can't throw Krampus in there. <laughs> Yo, Jack Frost. Yo, Jack well, I don't Frost know. I mean, there. which one? The horror one or the, the 98 one? <laughs> Throw them both in there. <laughs> well, Michael Keaton's getting his ass thrown out, too. You think? I, he did some pretty crazy shit in that snowball fight and the sledding and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making a case for... I don't know. Santa, whatever comes to Frost, but the Grinch is just going to get his ass Oh, yeah, because he's, he's going to... He's gonna have a fucking bone to pick with the Grinch. Yeah. The Grinch is like shitting on his day. <laughs> trying to ruin his day. Oh, Same man. with Scrooge. He'd fucking come in and clothesline Scrooge right out of the fucking <laughs> ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd probably break every bone on the fall. You gotta give holiday TV specials a fair rating. I'm gonna give them a fair. I'd say yeah. I feel like people respect them enough. Batman Returns. Now, if Batman actually got in the ring for Batman Returns as Michael Keaton versus Santa, he'd whoop his head! Santa's winning. No, he's not! Santa is magic! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get to use it, he's gotta use his fucking fist. He and it just comes way. with him. <laughs> Scrooge, who else are we missing here? Batman, he just, he's not allowed <laughs> in the shit. Batman's not a fucking Christmas <laughs> character. <laughs> but Batman from Batman Returns. That, that don't matter. That movie wasn't predicated on the what? fact that it was fucking Christmas. It was. <laughs> Look, check it out. It was Christmas the- for like the first half hour oh, of the movie. Check out the fucking... Uh, <laughs> Oh shit, you gotta check out the description on HBO Max. <laughs> I mean, it that had it has Christmas time. elements. It was, well, like whenever he invades that, uh, it's like wintertime, like whenever he invades and sends all the penguins to like blow up the city towards the end. Uh, it's Christmas time, like pretty much all the way through, I'm pretty sure. Because they got the tree up whenever he fucking blasts through with that yeah, duck that and everything. Yeah, that was like the Rockefeller, like, and that tree was, lighting. Because he's like, like tree lighting. he's like, oh, all of you come out here. Uh, dre- he was like, he cut down the way they were dressing and stuff. He's like, so you can dress like jerks, get juiced, and dance badly. <laughs> That's, like, how the fuck are you going to elect that guy as the mayor? It's like he came up from the sewer and he looks fucking oh, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get his ass thrown the fuck out. Uh, yeah, he would even have like some weapons. Oh, toss some toy cars down in the ring and shit. But yeah, damn. <laughs> Batman ain't in this shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think we'd come down to Santa the Grinch, though, either way. You throw, definitely throw Clark Griswold in there. He ain't winning either. No. But he, Whoever, he needs to be allowed. Ralphie from Christmas Story, he ain't fucking winning. Uh, 
Tim Allen's what's his name character in the Cranks. Yeah. Oh fuck. Something what was Cranks. his name? I know. I just watched that too. Did you watch that yet? Yeah. Um. Uh. I guess. Well, I was gonna say Tim Allen. I was saying like the Santa Claus, but he's Santa Claus in that. So. Yeah. Yeah, he is Santa. Damn. Santa, man, he's putting on the gloves. He's getting ready to box these motherfuckers. I think if you're throwing everybody in there, it'd come down to, like, fucking Santa. And if your Krampus is in the shit, it'd probably come down to them, too. Because they're both, like, mythological fucking... Does he get to use with that With magic. Stuff? He's in the ring, man. Yeah, because it's gotta... part of what he is. <laughs> he can't just get rid of it to get in the ring. He should get in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm riding with my on... fucking boy Santa. This is Christmas time. <laughs> He's winning that goddamn. <laughs> They're rumble. all Christmas characters, <laughs> but it's his fucking holiday, not none of them motherfucking uh-huh. jokes. All right. Well, if we have covered those, then we're on to mine here. Luther Crank. That was Tim Allen's name. All right. I'm gonna throw mine. Mine is also a Chris. Well, it's a Christmas movie, actually. May or may not watch it tonight or one of these nights here soon. Fred Claus, not widely recognized as a Christmas classic. It's still only from 07 also, but there, you know, I'm sure there's people that don't like Vince Vaughn, so they're like, ah, I'm not going to watch that. Then again, there's people that like Vince Vaughn, so they do like it. Yeah. But it was actually a pretty fairly good quality Christmas movie, I feel like. They came out in more recent times, because there isn't really a lot it's of cool, them. like... Sort of original story, too. Yeah. Like, kind of, at, like, I'll give him a brother and shit that was obviously bitter. Because it's like, if your brother's Santa, you're going to be the fucking less focused on sibling. Oh, yeah. That's for damn sure. So, like, that was kind of a cool take. I liked that and Four Christmases. Like, that was another Vince Vaughn. I thought that those were both pretty good Christmas movies. Yeah. And, yeah, they are both kind of ones that, I mean... People still know them and watch them, and a lot of people have seen them, but, like, they kind of fly under the radar during the holiday season pretty much every year. But I'd probably say it's a little underrated, actually, just because, I I mean... I would say the same. About that, probably, and and Four Christmases, just because, I mean, they were both, yeah, quality movies, and they were, like, they had some funny parts. They were really in the holiday feel and spirit. They had a lot of the songs and, like, music in it and setting. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was cool, like, he, like, it was a wholesome story, is what I'll say, too. Yeah. You know, like, oh, oh, you know, he came back here, and then he kind of fucked that up, and, like, ruined his brother's time, and then his brother couldn't even deliver the presents, so he had to have the money that he paid him to come back to the North Pole to deliver him himself. It was kind of like, you know, it all wrapped around and shit. And, you know, obviously, like, it was Vince Vaughn, too. Like, he was going to, like, learn a lesson and shit in the story and have to fucking rise to the occasion to, you know, get the message over about Christmas and everything and, yeah. you know, come to his brother's aid. So, it was good. I, I, I would say it was underrated as well just because I, I always enjoyed it. And, you know, it's not number one for me, but it's something I'll always, like, nowadays, like, I'll always make sure to come back to, like, each holiday season, you know? Um, yeah. Because I do enjoy it, especially, like, during the old season, the fucking red and green. It's, yeah, it was a pretty solid. I appreciate the fact for its originality, too, where it wasn't, like, 
surprisingly, it was a fresh take. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't a movie or a story already about, like, giving Santa Claus a sibling that was, like, bitter. That seems like that should have been something that should have been made, you know? Yeah. But I appreciate it for its originality. Yeah, the setting was really cool because, like, it's very Christmassy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's also, also like, comedic. Chicago, I think. Most of Vince Vaughn movies, <clears throat> Most of Vince Vaughn movies, a lot of them, are set in Chicago. Yeah. That's where he's from. That dude. one's set in the North Pole, damn it. Well, <laughs> I mean, that was where he was before yeah. he, yeah. Yeah, he's dating that Chicago cop. Mm-hmm. The J- JDM comes over, hits on her, man. Yeah. <laughs> Steals her. <laughs> Negan fucking stole Yeah, I mean, he probably could. So. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like most people would probably say that. Who knows? What? That they, they think JDM is more... Because like I've heard a lot of people, they're like, Oh, man, even though he's Negan, he's a vile son of a bitch. They love his smile. They always say that. Yeah, he's got like kind of a... like. Suave, like gentleman, sort of mm. like you could just see him like in suits and shit, like that kind of classic man thing about him, you know? Yeah. Fucking. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know, but but you don't also hear it in regards as even like some of the classics, like the ones that you know. I mean, like I like it, and like that you fucking really love the you know Christmas Story and. See, those ones as a kid, I just did not watch as much. Yeah, Story and Vacation uh, yeah, those would be my favorites. But those know. two, and then, like, you don't hear respect, you don't really hear Fred Claus talked remotely in the same limelight as either of those two, or Elf and Jim Carrey's Grinch. No. Like, at all. So it's like, you know, and those are, like, two of the most over of their eras anyway for Christmas movies. Bill um, Murray's, like, Scrooged. Is another one of my, like, favorites that I feel like sort of is that, like, it's recognized that a lot of people know it, but I feel like mm-hmm. it sort of flies under the radar compared to a lot of the other. Like, they, they kind of lift a certain amount of Christmas movies, you know what I mean, to another well, plethora. Yeah, there's certain ones the that they know are, are so over, though, too. Like, Vacation Story, Elf, Grinch, you know, uh... Man, I was just thinking another one. It's a Wonderful Life's kind of that way too. Yeah, I would say Jack Frost is the key one is falling under the radar too. For it's, sure, it's definitely under the plethora yeah. of those other ones. I would say that and Fred Claus are two of my favorites that have really fallen under that. And like yeah, I love those. That for me, obviously, Christmas Carol's on that plethora. Mm-hmm. At least one of the versions. There's like fucking. It's well. The the watch. point is really like this story is a great story. You know, it is, yeah. Ultimately, and it's really like. About, like, anybody can take a lesson from it, you know? It's, yeah. like, about humanity and morality and Well, and like, and he, you know, he fucking was just going through his life and, like, living this way and living this way. And, like, all this shit made him realize, you know, stuff about his past, about the present, about, like, the choices that he had made and how they're affecting everybody. It was, like, eye-opening yeah. to anybody, like, in that story. Like, it's... And it's just in the fact that, like, that just hit that fucking... Whether or not he even made it all up or not, or, like, it was just... It was, like... You know, it opened his eyes and the very next day, like, he was 180 degrees a different fucking person. He was just like... He's like, dude, I'm gonna die and potentially suffer for this shit. Yeah. Who knows? He, like, got up and he was giggly and shit and he was fucking <laughs> happy to be alive and he's like, um, I'll that was a this target. Yeah. brutal scene, though, like, when they go to his past and, like, 
they show him fall in love and that the girl falls out of love with him because he starts just focusing on getting gaining money and getting mm-hmm. gaining wealth and shit like that. Oh yeah. And she's like, you wouldn't even like focus on me modernly because I was dollarless. Like I didn't have any money when we met and all this shit. And she's like, I've been, you like, I've been, uh, my your attention's been stolen from me by another. It it wasn't even another woman, but she's like by another. I don't even remember the word she used, but. It was obviously his wealth, you know, that that was all his focus was on. And she's yeah. like, I release you. And, like, the music that plays shit, it's like, yeah, oh, it's... no. And that's when his life, he never looked back after that. He's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to be lonely She, I think she said, money. she's like, may you find joy in the life you have chosen. Yeah. Turns the other way, and it's like, dun, dun. <laughs> she's like, I release like, you, Ebenezer. Oh, my God. Yeah, he got fucking drenched on, man. And he just became like... But that was rough. Bitter and hateful about life and shit. It was like, dude, what are you waiting for? You're fucking on your deathbed, pretty much. You got a mass amount of wealth, and you're not spending a dime of it. No, I I don't know. When did he get enjoyed? He just kept fucking acquiring it. It's like, you're living... Like, you could be living way more comfortably than you're living, but he's, like, yeah. fucking keeps his house all dark. He only has one tiny little fire and shit. He keeps it cold as fuck in his workplace. It's, like, spend some money on some shit. His place was all run down. <laughs> <laughs> Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Just, like, it's, like, your pocket is one that could be picked, you son of a bitch. You got fucking a, like a tenth of the wealth in this fucking city. Oh yeah. So Fred Claus, you said underrated? Yeah, I'd probably say it's a little underrated. It's right. it feels that way. I feel like modernly though too, like releasing a, a Christmas movie now, it's it's hard to get it to that. Whether it's kind of wild that Elf and Grinch got there so quickly. Yeah, to where they're already like, oh, they're Christmas like, classics. Like, their is all time, yeah, and it happened quick, because it happened quick for both of them. Yeah, quick. But it's hard, I feel like, to have a modern movie where it's like... In Elf was, Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to watch this every Christmas. Elf you know? was an original story. Like, the Grin- here's the thing, they did add stuff into the Jim Carrey's Grinch to make it, obviously, everything it was, too. Uh, because, I mean, the original fucking thing was, was 26 minutes, like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. But Jim Carrey, I mean, not Jim Carrey's, but uh, Will Ferrell's, you know, Elf and everything, like, that was a brand new, that was just, well, let's try this, you know, Favreau fucking made, that was a tremendous movie, like, for being, you know, a thought-upon fucking Christmas classic. And yeah, that was a pretty, like, funny original mm-hmm. story for a Christmas story, too. A different take, you know. What uh, what do you got next? Um, spiked eggnog. Well, eggnog with a little burn. It's this time of season. I could just do eggnog because that's that's controversial enough. But spiked eggnog, probably underrated. I feel like yeah, like. You either, eggnog, I feel like, is one of those things where you either like it or you hate it. Like, people have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. There's not, nobody that's really like, ah, oh, you know, if it's around, I'll drink some. Like, it's like, you're either like, oh, I, I, fuck yeah, it's eggnog season, or you're like, 
I'm not even gonna fucking touch that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's divisive. I there was like a chain of years where I really couldn't even remember if I liked it or not from the last year. But I'm like, I know myself. I'm like, I'm not very picky like at all with whenever it comes to most things like that. Um, eating and drinking. Like, I'm picky with alcohol, but, like, that's, I feel like that's mostly everybody, because you gotta fucking be, that's your drink, man, that's your shit. Yeah, but, like, for, like for regular, things. like, drinking and eating, like, I'm probably pickier with drinks than I am food, um, even, but I really, I mean, I'll try, you know, just about anything. Yeah. So, fucking, what was the... Spiked eggnog. I was gonna say we were talking about, food. and I and I got on food for a second. Yeah. No, we don't need to go there because we'll get oh, two. We'll get yeah. We don't need to go there yet, at least. <laughs> but no, I mean like, spect. It's one of those things like whenever it's around for the season. Like for years, I I would only have it like once and then forget if I liked it. And I was just like, I guess I'll try. And then some years back, I guess I was just like, oh yeah, this is the shit I bought. I've already bought like three of those fucking things of it. Yeah. Uh, those little prairie farms ones. Yeah, I bought a few things, eggnog. I said I was going to this year, though, just because it's... Once we were, like, a few months out, mm-hmm. like, probably, like, late September, October, I started thinking, like, oh, fuck, your eggnog will be coming back this winter. I'll be drinking some eggnog. Like, I was already, like, yeah. kind of thinking about, like, in the back of my mind, like, definitely drinking some eggnog this winter. Oh, yeah. I fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, and it, it, it's, like, I'm not going to spike every glass for no, sure, but, like... Don't earlier man just even mixing a little baileys and a little bit of eggnog oh my god yeah that's it tastes good it's a real it's a it's a solid combo i would say i would recommend it's a solid mixer i would recommend it for anybody that's gonna anybody that's gonna take the risk and try it if you like eggnog if you don't well i don't know i don't know what you're doing just try some pour an old glass give it the old shot eggnog is one of those things though i will say where it's like it's good, but it's almost like drinking a dessert, where it's like you can only have so much of it. Like I can't, that I can't get a big glass one. of it. I gotta get small glasses of it when really? I drink it. I, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll fill it up pretty much, but it's just like, you know, it's only now and then. It is very rich. It's good. It's real good though. Oh, it is. But I'm I can, not telling I can you. See why people, and it's because people overthink it. I'm not telling them they gotta like it. I'm telling them they gotta try it. And if it's been fucking more than five years since you tried it, you should try it again. I'm bad about that with things, too. Like, if I had a real bad experience with a certain food or something as a kid where I'm just like, oh, man, I remember not liking this at all. It could I couldn't have tried it maybe in fucking even 18 years. And I'm still like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I probably do need to like oh, there's just no there are things that I like that I used to not like um but yeah it's I would I would say it's a good time man this season kind of has some things though where they're sort of divisive like people either love like fruitcake's another one like people like some people love fruitcake and then a lot of people fucking hate fruitcake <laughs> But it's like something that comes around every year still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. The holiday season is just a time for divisive food and drinks, I guess. I know, and everybody should not be bitching. It's like there's a a table full of shit 
Even you don't, don't gotta like, eat that shit. Even if you don't like half of it, fucking, there's a ton of other stuff here. Yeah, same with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's such a divisive day because it's like there's certain meals that everybody will debate about. Yeah. Like, you're like, is this good? The and turkey. then, like, half the people are like, I love this. And the other half are like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion on holiday foods and drinks. Yeah. Um, saying a little underrated. I would get an old spiked eggnog. Yeah, I could see that. I might do it's it again. because it gets a lot of hate. You know? I might do it again, you know? You never know what's going to happen. You want me to go? Go for it. Roll with it. Alrighty, well, let's take it back to the intro of this podcast. Whenever we executed the order, <laughs> we are going to throw Mr. Emperor Sheev Palpatine slash Darth Sidious on the table tonight. Fucking, I've never done, I've never done Palp, actually. I think we've thrown... Anakin the Skywalker's portrayal of uh, of Vader, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, Mace Wind—you know, different people. But mm-hmm. I've never done. We've never done Palpatine. <clears throat> so obviously, a very uh, detrimental part of why the whole Jedi Order was essentially annihilated. Yeah. As weird as it is to say, though, even still, like he was obviously like we always talk about, like. The ultimate, like, fucking antagonist, like, evil. He's the, the most series. pure evil. Like, but yeah, he's not he the most doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities. It's all like, yeah. this guy is trying to take over and kill all the fucking Jedi. That's his, like, main goal. But, yeah, I feel like probably still, despite all those, like, facts, he's probably still slightly underrated just for the, the fact character. That <laughs> He's yeah. not as focused on as when people is. think of villains in Star Wars, they think of Darth Vader. He's the first one. Yeah, for but sure. Darth wasn't. Darth was Anakin. So really, and he at the end he kind of made a turn, so he wasn't through and through like the evil of the series. It's kind of funny. They always put him as the symbol, though. Still, yeah, All, you know, it's always him. Um, but Palp in Palp was even more of. The embodiment of evil, like evil incarnate, like through and through, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like, that's the thing. And like, that character, like, I mean, how many times do we laugh at the, like, the, <laughs> the shit talk, like, in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> you and your pitiful little bad. Oh, you felt on top of the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, I've got this shit in a fucking stranglehold. Oh, yeah. Nobody is taking my ass down. He. I felt it. I was just like, I just thought it was far, like, Ian McDiarmid did a phenomenal job playing him too. I mean, like, we got to give credit to where credit's due. Like, he really did it. Like, he tapped into, and I, and I know it was his certain, you know, his way of acting, like his certain things that he put into the character. But it's like, it could have been lame, but like, he was so. Like, he took that fucking roll over, man. Like, you're like, gee, like this. Like, that became, like, the idea of, like, what an emperor would be. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this wrinkled, just mash of just a <laughs> pissed off money, like, or power-hungry fucking... Yeah, like, fucking old <laughs> as fuck looking, true, Melted as hell. He's like, he, he really... Shit. He really was a great 
And and to be honest, the fact that they further expanded upon like all of his development in one, two, and three, like layered the character so much fucking more. Yeah. And like when when he executed all that, like at the right time, at the right place, and you know took Anakin as a, his apprentice, like it was like oh my god, like he made so many moves in like an instant, and just got everybody <laughs> off. Like it was. He got himself into the right place at the right fucking time, like, in those circ. I mean, that was years, like, him to run for that political office, him to do all the shit that he did, like, yeah. to, to, you know, because the only way he figured he could do it was to infiltrate the system, like, from within, and that's just... That's what I, it was such, like, a... It was such a... Sleazy, steamy fucking... Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit move. He like even when he was the good guy, he wasn't the good no. guy. It was just all a plan to get okay. more power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny though because whenever they make these like uh, animated Lego specials, he's always just like, "I'm gonna get more power." <laughs> That's what his whole character was based on. He just wanted to be the most powerful son of a bitch in the whole galaxy. Even the so, nobody could touch him. Great power. That part in the fucking Dahmer. Remember Dahmer put his oh, fucking yeah. contacts yeah. in. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, do you for such a badass? <laughs> it's like, of course you think that shit. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're not lying, though. You got no, like, no, the, the character. Hey, this is episode 66, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the Emperor's episode. You know, it's, you know, it's executing the order, son. Fucking... Like, the thing is, he, like, like I really feel like with the prequels, like, they, they did kind of interlayer the character, and, like, you just got to see the whole scheme and the come up, and you're just like, this was just insane how this all even occurred. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for him to do all that, to fuck it, like, in a way, that makes it seem like he did this, love doing this little snake motion, but he, like, he did this shit through, like... It, like, no matter what, the Clone War, everything was set up the fucking way it was. Mm. Like, so many casualties, blood on both sides, and this is all still being executed through the end of the Clone Wars, like, as part yeah. of his plan. And it was like, he was, like, the only one at the fucking, at the helm of just, like, watching it from his <clears throat> ivory tower. Like, just seeing all these pawn pieces move, and just waiting for the right fucking and he time. he was controlling the chessboard. Like, yeah. nobody knew that they were... All just playing his game. Yeah. Pretty much. That's, it's, that, that was all, like, part of what he wanted to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Just, like, and, I, and that's why part of me, I'm like, you know, you try to apply logic. And we and we knew that Ahsoka at the time wasn't really thought of. But, like, down the road, I was just like, and that's probably what it was. Like, he probably wanted, and I forget if the Clone Wars revealed this or not, um, but he probably wanted Ahsoka out of the picture just so you know because he knew she was close enough to Anakin to maybe be able to persuade him so like maybe he you know kind of set this shit up with you know with that whole fucking uh, with the whole scheme to get her caught and get her thrown out of the order you know cause yeah. the mistrust in the Jedi Council <clears throat> um, but he fucking did and then he found the right part like because Anakin is powerful as fuck and all he had to do was get inside of his head that was <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'll take over for everything now. <laughs> I can do it. I'll be here for the people. That's politics, bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it even goes to show you, like, he framed the situation when Mace Windu, like, they just came to arrest him as them taking over. He, as they left me scarred and deformed. <laughs> and he looks like that. Is he's giving this speech to the to the fucking whole chamber of yeah. all these people, and he so he looks like the victim. Oh yeah, and it's like, dude, and they are all just foaming at the mouth, like just oh my god, like they're feeding into his every fucking word, mm-hmm. and that's how it fucking works, you know? It's like that's how tried to cause the mistrust and the Jedi's and that's all it took. Instant and they're like from now on he's like every Jedi will be hunted down and defeated. <laughs> and so every all of them like started like hunting Jedi and shit too. It was like dude that like it's insane, you know, because so many people ent- like answered to the Senate, so many people answered to him. Help me Anakin. Was... Please oh, He's he going to kill me at it all <laughs> He, like, looked so fucking, like, helpless and <laughs> defeated and shit laying there. Um, too weak. <laughs> the Jedi are taking over. <laughs> I told you. It's like, no, you are, like, a step away from taking over right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was the moment that changed all of it. Like, whenever they went to arrest him and... Dude, and Mace, had to make, make no mistake, decision. Mace outdueled him in lightsaber combat, man. Kicked yeah. that shit out of his hand because that shit happened before Anakin was even there. I mean, I guess he could have tried to time it right, but it looked like the motherfucker was down for the count. Mm-hmm. And Mace, uh, you know, I, I think it said that is that uh, the encyclopedia or was one of the articles that I read is he was the only one to ever outduel good old Sheev. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, he was the best with the lightsaber, you know? That's what I'm saying. That was a hell of a battle, though. But those other three, man, they got lit! Oh! Just like nothing! Didn't swing the saber one time. <laughs> it's treason, It's like, don't you think once you saw him slash the first guy that you'd get in defense position? Like, oh, fuck, like... He's coming for... No, they all just were like, oh, shit, he got that, him. That oh. shit was crazy, though, because he just... We were talking about earlier, like, it just came out of nowhere, <laughs> the lightsaber, and then he just did that twirl. <laughs> like, that was, that was some Satan it's shit. It's like, what the fuck are you... Where did they come from? <laughs> so I'm saying the dude just had it pressed against his armpit for fucking decades. <laughs> yeah. what, where are you hiding this shit? Are your sleeves that tight? You can just yeah. stuff it up there. And oh, he did have those puffy-ass fucking <laughs> yeah. sleeves, though. He didn't always wear that shit, though. Yeah, he had different he had different wardrobes. And sh- the queen did, too. She had a fucking ton of them that she changed. Every scene. Like, episode was one. And something else. Oh, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she did everything. She wore different, like, headdresses, and she, like, painted her face different shit. And- oh, yeah. Dude, when they executed that order, though, man, like... That was just a rough moment for, like, Revenge of the Sith. And we were talking about the bad guys winning out. I mean, fucking make no mistake, they won out at the end of, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Annihilated the Jedi Order. It was like, you know, it was like Obi-Wan and Yoda left. But those scenes, like, like following Maze's death and getting thrown fucking across the city. 
were just brutal. Like, where they just haunted down. And then, like, some of the guys, like, the the one dude, Kiyadi Amundu, whoever the, the fuck. long head. Yeah, long head guy. And he was like, come on! And they're, like, coming after him. And, like, they're just all getting ready for battle. And then he hears him, like, halt. Because that was where they were giving the order yeah. to execute him. And he's just, like, he's got, like, this just hopeless, like, look in his eye. And he's like, what? And they just, just shoot him down. And they yeah. did that all across the fucking galaxy. Yeah, watching some of those scenes was pretty sad. Like, yeah, Revenge of the Sith on. is probably the most, to me, it's like the most weightful Star Wars movie. I mean, it, it's my favorite Star Wars movie too. I think it is good. Um, the bad guy prevails. Yeah, for sure. But uh, and it's kind of like <laughs> crazy and sad though at the end to kind of just see Obi and Yoda who are like, you know. Both of our favorites. They pretty had, much. They're just like they kind of have to just pack up the shit. And be like we gotta fucking we we lost. We gotta hide. Yeah, <laughs> that is that yeah, is sad because everything was just the same for for so long for them, and you know neither one of them expected it to end like that. But you know, these things happen when you got an evil motherfucker that had a. Hundred year plan to take over yeah. shit. He thought they fucking. I love how he sent the two clones like to kill Yoda. It's like what the fuck, and like he was already sitting down there with the lightsaber ready. He's like twirls around and like lashes both their heads off. It's like come on, man. It's gonna take more than two. And then Obi and Yoda go into like the temple and just start fucking slaughtering clones together. Uh, Destroy the Sith. Well, I guess we can kind of stay on the same vein. Mine's not as, uh, probably as dense, but it's still in the Star Wars vein. Kind of more Clone Wars, I guess. What, what's your overall opinion on the, the fucking not-too-great battle droids? Well, Roger, Roger, those fucking guys. Oh, the droids? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I fucking love the droids, The little man. battle droid. The, like, the little, yeah, the little tan, long-headed... Yeah. Back, back. They got their gun. <laughs> yeah. I think the droids are are pretty entertaining. Oh, they're funny as hell. And like they make for such a good effect. Like you, I mean, using using the force is cool anyway. But with them, like they're all machines. So it's like I thought in episode one, like whenever you see Qui Gon and Obi like do their different shit, and like just like you would just hear the the machine the rock sounds and shit like yeah. that. They just crunch into like a wall or something. <laughs> just like a group of them <laughs> at yeah. once. It, looks, it looked like carnage and it was so fucking cool. You're just like Bleh. It was just like little yeah they could just like shove them over. Oh yeah. I fucking love the droids. To be honest I would was it, Maybe it was the battle droids was the name of the actual ones that could roll and had the, oh, the gunners Oh yeah, well, you said the tan ones, though, right? Yeah, I was thinking the, those were called battle droids, but battle droids the might have specifically droidy been guys, which are destroyer droids, okay, are the ones yeah, yeah, that yeah, roll with ones. the shields. Yeah, the and those are droids. not a fucking piece of cake for these guys. Yeah, Jedi those ones are a little code. more difficult, for sure. But, but the, just the straight-up droids, they, they get fucked up pretty easily. They do. But they're always entertaining, and the shit they say sometimes, their one-liners are hilarious. I would 100% say they're underrated. Yeah, they're not as thought about as, you know, stormtroopers, clone troopers, like, no. things like that, clones, like, the droids kind of fall in the background behind those for sure, but they were, like, they were the originals, like, before 
the clone troopers and stormtroopers. They were kind of like the original. They were they were like the separatists. Mm-hmm. Droids though were for them. Yeah, the, like the separatists. Like, you think they could have made a better fucking army? <laughs> I I was entertained. <laughs> Dude, that Gungan versus the battle droids battle in episode one was fucking tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> they, dude, they just kept dropping more. There's oh, like, yeah. there's a whole nother bunch. Well, like, I always see that. I, I used to see it, that screensaver I was telling you about, like, when we had dial-up or something. It looked like that hill that the droids came over with all the ships in episode one. Yeah. It was just like, all right, we're waiting. Like, the Gungans were down there with the shield over them, but it's like, all these ships came in. It's like, oh, fuck. And then, yeah, it's like, they just kept spawning more droids and shit. Well, and when Anakin actually got inside that starship, uh, or the, well, the, the, the fighter and whatnot, and like yeah. got in that, you know, where they're controlling him, he won two battles in the same fucking moment. Because he <laughs> shut down the, just like, the ship, and he destroyed, you know, that was what they went out to outer space for and whatnot. Uh-huh. So, he fucking ended both those battles at the same time. As a tiny kid. Yeah. Hey, he man, was already some special, But the fact that he ended up inside was what gave logic to him being able to blow it up. Because if they had been inside, they might have been able to get a shot like he did. He like accidentally yeah. found himself, accidentally found himself inside. Um, and then he just started firing away at these destroyers and battle droids. That was dope, though. I can't even think, like, off the top of my head, some of the lines that some of them said. Battle droids. That was a good one, though. No, I would 100% say they're underrated, though. I appreciated them. It's kind of sad to see it, because once you watch the saga, you're like, man, after three, you're saying bye to them already. Oh, yeah. It's like, man. They are pretty funny and entertaining, and they're obviously not a great army, but they're... They're like an army that's very much so relies on strength and numbers. Like they just, there's so fucking many of them. Oh, they yeah. can be overwhelming. They're not like impressive fighters, but they can just be overwhelming in numbers. <laughs> like you gotta have <laughs> Jedi there to fucking like take out like twenty at a time and shit. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's it's awesome whenever they just use the force on them and they like they'll pull their heads off and throw <laughs> them somewhere else. C-3PO's head ended up on a droid. Die, yeah, he's like, die, you Jedi docs! <laughs> yeah. And then like, the droid's saying? head ended up on C-3PO, and he's like, yeah. my legs aren't moving. He's like, I must need maintenance. <laughs> Shit like that. Jesus. They they almost reminded me, like, of, I don't know, like, their heads or what it was, but they kind of reminded me of, like, life-size ants. Or some yeah. shit. Just they look. I get. It could have been the strength and numbers thing, and yeah, just like their heads and like their build and shit. Yeah. And they came in flocks always. <laughs> it's kind of funny. There were all these little machines, like just all fucking made the same, but they're supposed to have all these interactions, you know, like a human being would or whatever. It's like these things don't even have, you know, an enormous amount of engineering, like, in order to handle this kind of shit. Yeah. They were, like, floating ships. Well, they did have different types of droids, too. Like, the blue-coated, like, ones. Like, the piece was that. It was, like, uh, those are the pilot droids. The regular tan ones are just the battle droids. The ones with the red were, like, the uh, the captain, I think. Mm-hmm. No, maybe the captain was the one with, like, the yellow circle or something. 
Uh, the red one was maybe just in charge of, like, that fucking each group. Yeah. Um, but they had different, like, meanings behind them and stuff, too. Star Wars. It's just, Star Wars, man, it comes back up in the winter season, you know? It kind of just... Yeah, all those, like, all those kind of movies. I see a lot of people, like, binging and rewatching like, Harry Potter and shit like that, yeah. too. Like, just those series movies, like, come back a lot during the winter A lot time. sounds, like, cool Comedy. to watch. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. It's kind of what happens a lot in the new year, is I just, like, check out some new movies and go back to, like, some of my old favorites and shit and rewatch them. And yeah. Because there's a couple months in the new year where it feels like not a lot's happening besides NFL playoffs. I feel like it's very... <laughs> yeah, I feel like once the new year hits, it's, you know, it kind of opens that back up again to where it's like it's not... Yeah. There's no... It's a free season again, and it's kind of like, oh, right, we're now... on a holiday list. Yeah, and now it's time list. to pile in the movies and you know different stuff you want to get caught up on um i guess you about ready to wrap it here yeah uh, i don't so. think we have anything else i was gonna say as far as uh you know as far as topics on good the bad the shits man see get rolling into this holiday week yeah so it'll be Christmas. I mean, this will be the last one that we release before Christmas. And, uh, I mean, we did release one episode. That's why I didn't post that whenever I said it. Uh, we, did, we did release one holiday episode, basically, like, in December 2020. So we did release in 2020. And at least this month, it wasn't three years, you know, because I was, like, making reference to the past, you know, September, October, November. All those years, we didn't release one. And now we've been on a fucking, you know, a whirlwind of uh, of a ton of episodes. I mean, this is going to be our 30 seconds since early this March when we started releasing, you know, banger after banger. And, you know, got back on the horse and started fucking raking them out. And uh, by the time this year's over, I mean, it's, you know, we'll have spat out as many almost as many episodes as we put in before this year began and like we had fucking multiple years mm -hmm. so it's like that's yeah that's crazy say what you will you know we've done half of our library say what this you month, say what year. you will we fucking we we yeah sorry i was gonna say but like we put in the work you know what i mean yeah like we fucking showed up especially this year we've really really tried <clears throat> to stay on the horse um hasn't always been easy but it hasn't, and like you know, in sometimes like there's creative, you know, some like complications or creative, like in in a in some sort of a sense, you know, maybe a writer's block time where you're like, oh man, I just kind of in like podcast kind of situation where you're like, oh, just you know, you don't feel it at that moment or like you didn't want to. Just how I am with it interactions. Or... I feel like like yeah. my whole life's been that way where there's days where I'm like. I really feel, like, down for one and ready for one. I'm like, oh, I could sit mm. down and have a conversation. And there's times, there's been times where we've had some planned out, and we're like, oh, we're going to do it this day. Then that day rolls around. I'm like, fuck, I got to, like, whip myself into shape and try to bring some sort of A game to this because, like, there's some days I just have more of that, I guess, like interactive prowess where I'm like I feel mm -hmm. like I could do the shit than other days. So there's been some podcasts where I've like haven't felt it and just had oh, to yeah. force myself to do it. 
You know? I would say, one well, like yeah, like because I feel that too, and like even some you know sometimes recently, like we've been going hard for a while, but but for the most part, like does it not feel like just as we started getting better and better, like and more consistent, like we just even if we had some of those feelings, you just kind of eventually start making yourself overcome them a little easier because we're like, we're doing yeah. this every week. We're like, you know, knocking them out. You know, thing power to thing. Through them. <laughs> you know, I, I know that, you know, at one point or another, like a lot of people want to support, like once we get going, you know, on a, a consistent fucking grind of doing them and it's exciting and stuff like that. But like, you know, obviously there were times we were lacking the the drive and the ability to want to do it, and people are like, oh, you know, who, you know, fucking, like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're not going to fucking, not going to continue it, or, you know, or maybe they didn't believe it in the first place, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they didn't fucking think that we'd be going this long. Mm-hmm. People that couldn't lace our podcast boots if they fucking <laughs> wanted to. Those, those are the type of people that I'm talking about. But to be honest with you, um, everybody that has had our back, everybody that still has our back, everybody that is listening now, or maybe you jumped in recently, or, you know, maybe you're going to hear this eventually. Uh, thank you. And thank you for listening. I mean, we didn't, if we didn't have some sort of audience, it'd be hard to want to keep doing this as creative of people as, you know, we are, I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helps to just have some sort of even feedback, you know what I mean? Have some sort of reception or, uh, you know, you guys tuning in and stuff, supporting. See any sort of numbers on the episode. You're like, oh, well, yeah. these people are checking it out, you know. At least yeah. it's not. At least we're not just doing this for us and nobody's <laughs> nobody's watching it all. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, we have, it's been a mega spectacular year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and it's not even, it's not even close that this has been, you know, the best casting the spotlight, you know, year we've ever had. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I mean, you know, thank you for everybody that, you know, if you've been a guest this year and you're listening, thank you as well. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a thank you here soon anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we have one episode left for you, but this is obviously the last solo of the year. Uh, the last regular guest spot episodes are done. So, I mean, we'll be seeing you soon either way. Yeah, guests, I mean, you know, viewers and or listeners obviously are the main focus and they're what keep us, you know, doing it. And the reason we really, I mean, we're going to do it regardless, but they're like, they're the reason that we do it so somebody can listen to this, you know what I mean? Otherwise, there'd be no point in even doing a podcast. But the guests have probably been the biggest help for the fact that, Every guest we bring in creates different eyes, creates new people mm-hmm. that just know that person. They never, they might not even, oh yeah, ever seen us, know us, heard of us. But they, if like they know the person we bring in, they're gonna check it out because they're like, oh, this person was on a podcast. You they know, bring that, all their people with them, you know. So that's helped immensely, especially this year because we've had so many different people and that they've helped garner kind of a new little bit of an audience for us that we probably didn't have before this year. Oh, yeah, because I think some of those people were interested enough to stick around and, and keep yeah. kind of seeing what we were putting out. Um, but, yeah, and, and, like, and that goes to the, you know, back to the idea. It's like, cause, I mean, if we hadn't had that idea and, like, started listening to some of these guys' podcasts and just started, well, let's, let's give it the old shot and then started it, you know, 
then nobody would have been brought on in the first place. And then yep. we brought people on, and then more people wanted to come on, and you know these things spiral, and these things evolve, and these things change. And I'm glad that we've had as hard of an outing as we have this year because we've fucking put the work in. Like we know everybody didn't always see it, but like just you know getting together, brainstorming to make it fucking possible. Uh, taking the time out, like, of, you know, all of our fucking busy lives to do all this stuff. And, like, and it's something we love to do, don't get me wrong. It's, but it's just, you know, it, it's just like anything. You have to make time for it and you have to make an effort if you actually want to make it good or your vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but anyway, that's probably enough of a wrap up. Um, but I mean, this is finishing out 2022. I guess, granted, we will say probably our goodbyes and everything on the next episode, too, uh, as far as the year is concerned. But, as a solo effort, um, goddamn, I think it's been one of our strongest solos maybe ever. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, it's, it was really good. And yeah. It's a nice wrap-up. Everybody's, any contribution, whether it's listening, liking, sharing, coming in, being a guest, telling your friends about any of it, it's all appreciated. I hope everybody has a great holiday season. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy, Happy New Holidays. Year. Happy Holidays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's cold out there, so stay warm, folks. Um, if you're getting together with family this uh, holiday season, take care and, you know, give them our best. Casting the spotlight, holiday wishes are with you. Try not to catch the flu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay healthy out there. Um, if you're getting together with friends, you're getting together with whoever, you're just sharing it with your dog. Fucking have the best holiday you can have. Oh yeah. <laughs> um But anyway, yeah, it's it's been great. And uh we wanna thank everybody for for all their tuning in and supporting and I guess we will see you for one more episode in twenty twenty two. Till that time, good night and I wish you the best. My mom likes to cook, push our buttons and prod. My brother just Another big broad The eyes roll and whispers Come loud from the kitchen I'd come home more often If they'd only quit bitching Dad on the other hand's A selfish old sod Drinks whiskey alone With my miserable dog Who won't run off at cherry Couldn't care less He defiled my teddy bear And left me the mess The season's upon us It's that Christmas where I'm from